You're listening to the Light Forge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts, ADWCTA and Murps. Welcome to the Light Forge Podcast, Voyage to the Sunken City, Grinning Goat Arena Card Review Valuation, whatever you want to call it, uh, Stream Podcast VOD. This is Adwickdom. This is Murps. Welcome to the review that takes too long, but that's because we actually prepare for it. Now, if you listen to other people uh, who perhaps love the number 9.4, you'll notice that there are severe things lacking in those evaluations like preparation (laughs) or facts or reading comprehension. And hopefully you'll find that here. So welcome. Not not guaranteed. Reading comprehension, not guaranteed. We have all read the cards, but only like three, four times. And cards are getting complicated now. One thing about this set uh, is that this Voyage of the Sunken Sea set has a lot of interesting arena cards. It's because the game's just getting more complicated. And a lot of these mechanics that in some of the, you know, if you were looking at like four years ago, if you had one of these interesting mechanics, it was probably not arena viable at all and you barely have to think about it. But now, like everything comes in at a significant enough clip and has such a huge effect on the game that you do have to think about all of this. Um, Go. You you talk. So... The first thing we have to do, and I normally start these off, if you guys don't know, uh, this is the first video of, uh, or, or podcast of what will be eight hours of recorded content that if you're watching this recorded, it'll probably be like a little over six hours or something, and we're going to go over every card. But we always start with an overview of the upcoming meta, which in the last like two years has been very weird because Blizzard has gotten to the point where they just control everything and they don't really tell you what's going on. So we've been making less and less concrete predictions. Um, In theory, that should no longer be the case now because all the offering rates have been standardized, but bugs happen all the time. Like in the previous meta, there was the Epic bug, which meant that any predictions you had about the meta, including our predictions, were all wrong. Um, when it comes to how fast the meta will be or how many dragons will be in the meta, right? Like that kind of stuff. And so that that causes a lot of the ratings to shift based on that. Uh, And there's nothing we can do about it. They have fixed the epic bug, and we'll talk about that uh, later. But as Murps brought up before the podcast started, uh, they fixed the the epic bug last time too, and then they launched an expansion. The epic bug came back. So we're, we're never actually safe until we see the patch and it's okay. But, uh, let's just start with what is new. What is new is a whole new rotation and a new core set. The core set, they only replaced a few cards, uh, and we'll talk about that after we talk about the rotation. So the rotation is, just imagine all the uh, cards that you normally play with going out, and what is coming back in is, one, the new set, two, Alteric, including the mini sets. Everything includes the mini sets. So Alteric, has the mini set attached to Onyxia's Lair. So that's in the current meta and will stay in. All those new cards that you probably hate, um, that's all staying in. Your Night Captains, that whole thing. Next, Stormwind. United and Stormwind is coming in. We have not had United and Stormwind for a very long time. And it was only in during the United and Stormwind meta itself. So uh, maybe you don't... There may not be a lot of familiarity with these cards. Um, but... United and Stormwind is coming back, and it is a modern set that has a lot of, uh, you know, decently high power sets. This is the set that had Battlegrounds Battlemaster, which uh, which they nerfed, uh, and then it has a bunch of cards that were like good, like 
fine arena cards, but not the biggest difference makers, right? You had things like Traveling Merchant, uh, Nobleman, Enthusiastic Banker, Pandarian Importer, uh, Encumbered Pack Mule. Like, these are good arena cards, but those are, like, some of the best cards. Stormwind Guard... That's the uh, another big one. So th these are, you know, they're not they're not like Night Captain levels of good, uh, but they uh, but they will be back in the arena and doing some damage, and you may have forgotten about them. After that, there will be three old sets: two old real sets and one old uh, mini set. The Grand Tournament, Old Gods, and League of Explorers. We're not going to talk about them really because they don't matter. Whenever a set that is that old comes in, these are sets like uh, like launched in the first two years of Hearthstone's existence. Like these are the the, the cards there are barely playable now, uh, and it means that you're going to draft a rat, not these cards, whenever you get the opportunity. And you may think, oh no, I've heard that before. I've been playing that in the arena for the past like two months of just taking these three mana three threes that don't do anything, and it's been an awful experience. Well. These cards are even worse than the cards that are in the current meta. But on the bright side, there's going to be fewer of these cards offered. The current ro uh, um, wild rotation that we're coming out of actually only has one modern set, which is Alteric. It has no other modern sets. The, the, uh, the most recent set after Alteric that is in there is Descent of Dragons, which, fair, Descent of Dragons has power levels that's approximately what modern sets are, but not really. Whereas this upcoming rotation will have three modern sets, Stormwind, Alteric, Sunken City. That is a big, big deal. And you're going to see significantly more consistency in, uh, in your decks because of it. So step number one is that your decks are going to be more consistent um, with more relevant cards. And everything's going to be a little nicer if the Epic Bug remains fixed. So that's the first mental adjustment to make. Uh, we are going back to what is more like the Alteric meta and less like the Anixia's Lair meta, even though Anixia's Lair is still in, uh, just because there's more relevant sets that are coming in. Okay, so that's number one. Uh, number two... Well, um, yeah, okay, we'll put this all as number two. Number two is that even though we're going back to the Alteric meta a bit, one of the things that is not going to change is the ridiculous swings that's going to happen. And not exactly the swings as in, oh, this card is so good that it's going to cause a swing. That is around and we live with it. Uh, that's just the modern era. Um, and we've we've kind of gotten used to it. Like there were some not terrible metas uh, in United and Stormwind and in early Alteric that, uh, that involved really heavy swings on both sides. Um, and I think, especially towards the late United and Stormwind era, people really just kind of got okay with that amount of, uh, of swing and really kind of embraced it and was like, this is just kind of how Hearthstone is going to be before the dragons came in and, uh, and upended everything. Uh, and we're, we're, going, we're going back there, which is not necessarily the, like, like a, a bad thing. But on top of that, there is going to be these, uh, uh, these discover mechanics that are going to be very hit or miss. And we've seen these before, but it's going to go to another level now. If you guys remember, uh, the best example I could think of is uh, Mech Engineer. 
in United and Stormwind, which is uh, two mana, one to discover a mech, reduce its cost by one. Um, and it is actually banned. Uh, they removed it from the game. And uh, they did that because Sneeds was a legendary released at the same time. Oh, did I get the name wrong? Well, what's the name of the card I'm talking about? It's some kind of engineer. Deep run, run engineer. There we go. Okay. I, I was waiting for... Uh, I was like, does he know what he said? I'm like, maybe he'll correct it's himself. A, it's a mech engineer. It hasn't been in the arena because it was banned. Um, okay, deep run engineer. Uh, it, it So it, it got banned because Sneeds... The uh, the legendary card was ridiculously powerful uh, for its era, um, and when you have Sneeds coming out one turn earlier on turn seven, not even on turn eight, uh, it really just won you games in in that era. So that card got banned. Now, Deep Run Engineer was never like an S tier card or anything. Um, we didn't rate it an S tier card. We rated it a little too low. But even at its heyday, when it got banned, it was not an S-tier card. It was not even an A-tier card, I don't think. Uh, but the wild swings from that card created situations, many situations, very often it was also a common neutral card, um, where if you played the Deep Run Engineer, which you should because it was a good card, it was like a B, B-plus kind of card, uh, and so you would draft him, well, like, even good players would draft him more often than not. Um, and once it's in your deck, you play it, and if you get the Sneeds, it's great. And you win the game. And if you don't get the Sneeds, it's terrible. Because the other mechs were all terrible. So that kind of thing, I'm going to call this Jackpot Discovers. Where there's basically one card, or like two cards, in uh, in your Discover pool where you win the Jackpot. If you get it, you have a 90% chance of winning the game from that point on. And the other cards are kind of eh. So in these Jackpot Discovers, they have to ban... Mech, uh, I'm going to keep calling him Mech Engineer Deep because run. it's an engineer that discovers mechs. So the Mech Engineer was the first really bad jackpot discovers. Um, you had a little vague, like Scorpid was kind of like it, but there was usually more than one good spell. Uh, but you had the same kind of effect where everybody hated Scorpid when it came out. Uh, and, and by the way, uh, I did some math and I revalued Scorpid based on the system I use now rather than the system I used when Scorpid actually came out. And by my math, it's an S-tier card now. Uh, so at the time, we said it was an A-tier card. But at the time, we may have been wrong on how good Discover spells were. I think that was one of the reasons. Um, and I just tuned the system a little bit more. So now I would consider Scorpion an S-tier card. And it's not banned still. But don't Spells worry, are also not just better. Spells are, are also just, like, really insane. Yeah, spells now. got better as yeah. well since Scorpion came out. Um so that's why the, the math got tuned a little. Anyway, uh, the jackpot discovers in this meta are going to come from mechs and dragons. So there are colossal cards, uh, which I'm not going to spoil what cards they were, uh, but the, just know that colossals are giant legendaries that win you the game if you play them. They're S plus tier cards. They're coming in in this, uh, in this meta, um, in this new set. And two of them are mechs. And they are in Mage and Paladin. So, in addition to Sneeds, which is back, you can discover one of those mechs, or Sneeds, at a rate of about 35% for Mage and Paladin. So, if you get them, it's great. 
If you don't get them, it's bad. And you can discover mechs in one of two ways. You can discover mechs with a epic two drop that lets you discover mechs. It's an epic card, you're not gonna see it that often. It's a new card. But also with Gorilla Bot, which is entering the meta as a core card now. And Gorilla Bot uh, just says if you have a mech in play, and Gorilla Bot's a three mana three four now. Uh, they buffed it, so it's actually going to see play. So if you have a mech in play, you play the Gorilla Bot, and the Gorilla Bot lets you uh, discover a mech. Um, also, just and, don't underestimate them putting Deep Run back in for some reason. Oh, God, I hope not. They haven't put back anything they've banned so far, so I hope that's not going to happen. Yeah. I, I, like, here's the thing, though. Uh, what odds would you give it? Like, 10 to 1? Yeah, <laughs> that, something like that. That'll happen. It's like a 10% chance, right? Uh, like, are you going to give me better odds than, odds than that? I, I don't think so. Uh, so, yeah. I think there's like a 10% chance that Deep Run Engineer makes its way back into the meta. All right. I'm, I'm hoping that won't happen. Mostly because it takes extra work to put Deep Run Engineer back in the meta. All the stuff that they've taken out of the meta before, when the sets come back, they've stayed gone. Uh, even if they stop being problematic. So, yep. yeah, I think 10 to 1 odds are about right, but uh, that's still only 10% chance. We're, we're going to go with the 90% chance here. The Blizzard does not put Deep Run Engineer back. Um, but anyway, uh, Gorilla Bot's going to be a real problem. Because uh, Gorilla Bot is going to have this Discover issue of Mage and Paladin, and those Colossal cards are like win game cards. Like, they trigger out like 7 or 8 mana, you play them, you just win the game. There's nothing your opponents can do. They're like... Literally S plus tier level, they're Nexia level uh, cards. Um, and some of the other ones you can discover too, but the rates are a little lower. So if, if your discover rate, like one of the problems with Deep Run Engineer was that your discover rate of Sneeds was really, really high. If your discover rate is at like 5 or 10%, yeah, it's not good for the meta, but then it really becomes a jackpot, right? Like, and that's fine because it doesn't happen as frequently. It's when the jack the jackpot discovers really become a problem when you win the jackpot like a third of the time. Uh, even for something like, uh, I'm, I'm now thinking of the, uh, the Alteric uh, Shaman card that can get you Lieutenant um, uh, on turn six, Glaciate. Like Glaciate has, what was it, like a one fourth chance of being able to get Abominable Lieutenant. That's kind of okay. Like it's not good. I think it's a little too high, but that's 25% chance. So if you're at like 10% chance, then I think that card stops being problematic. And then you just kind of accept it if your opponent does hit the jackpot. And you just kind of like cross your fingers and go, oh, don't hit the jackpot. It's when the percentages are like 30%, 35%, 25% that it really becomes a problem. And so mechs definitely get there for, uh, uh, for mages and paladins, which is going to make things bad. But let's not even talk about mechs. Let's talk about dragons, which we all know and love right now. Uh, they just made the Paladin Explorer, uh, that, uh, the 3-mana the 2-3 three three lifesteal. They buffed it to be a 3-mana three 3-3 three three lifesteal to discover a dragon, and they made it into core. So Paladin, on top of discovering mechs, can also just freely discover dragons by playing a card, a common card. And uh, everybody can use that two-mana uh, new card, uh, the two-drop, to uh, discover a dragon if they have a dragon um, on the board. And dragon discovers are 40% to get either Anixia, Deathwing, or Ysera. All of these are 
almost certain game enders uh, for victory. Less so Deathwing. But definitely Onyxia and Ysera. Um, and Deathwing will swing the game real hard too. Uh, so we're, we're getting into this discover problem again, even though the big problem card like uh, Scorpit, for example, isn't really back. And um, it remains to be seen how bad of an issue this is, or have we just gotten so swingy that these jackpot cards are not as terrible for the meta as they were uh, a few metas ago. But I think it's going to be, it's going to still be uh, a noticeable trend that's going to annoy good players. Um, okay, so that's point number two. Point number three, uh, I just want to mention it, is that Stormwind, United and Stormwind had a bunch of taunts, and they're all coming back. Um, so Lion's Guard, Morag Forge Fiend, Stockade's Guard, Stormwind Guard, Encumbered Pack Mule, those are all a lot of taunt stats, uh, and, uh, and, and they're all coming back. So the meta is going to slow down a bit. And also Tar Creeper and Primordial Drake are rotating in to the core set without removing any neutral taunts. So there's just, it's going to be a kind of... I mean, Primordial Drake's epic, right? And they fix the epic bug. But it's going to be a bit more taunty than what you had been seeing uh, up, up, up to this point. Just, just something to note. Uh, and... Uh, Finally, the last point is that I just looked over the core set and the refresh. It didn't really do much. I was really expecting a much bigger change, but they, they pretty much held consistent, which which I guess makes sense. Uh, they probably didn't think there was anything too, you know, in need of changing for the core set. Um, there's not that much to uh, to really discuss here. We already talked about Bronze Explorer, which, pa uh, which Paladins are, are getting to keep, basically, uh, even as the meta rotates for Arena. And uh, Warlocks keep Abyssal Enforcer. These are all insanely good cards, as, as you know. <laughs> so uh, that, that makes a big difference. Um, on the other hand, um, some other things to look out for is Mage is getting Pyroblast rotated back in. Pyroblast was never a great card, but it does change the way you think about the game sometimes. And Shaman's getting Bloodlust back in. Uh, again, also, like, Bloodlust used to be actually a good card. Nowadays, there's just easier ways to end the game than a card that does nothing if you don't have the board. Um, but it's still something to, to kind of keep an eye out. So, that's my overview of the meta that we are going to come into. I think, more so than any other meta we've had in the past year, year and a half maybe... Uh, the new cards are going to be the most impactful thing uh, in this meta, rather than the change in the meta itself with the rotation, which is a weird thing to say. But these new cards are really interesting, and a lot of them are really good. Um, without, and some of them are broken, but there's also a lot just in the really good and totally okay in the arena interesting category. So it's uh, this is this is going to be a meta that I think will be a lot driven by the actual new cards, which is exciting to see. And uh, we're just coming out of such a terrible meta that I am almost certain that this meta will not be worse. Almost certain. They can always well, bring the epic bug back. They can always do crazy things. A lot of people are saying that, that the current meta really sucks. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know saying. if they're very uh, happy to hear that statement. Well, it's, I'm saying it's not going to be worse. It, it'll probably be better. I don't know how much better, but um, I, it could have always gotten worse. Right? That, that was always a possibility. So we'll see what happens in the meta, but expect it to be generally mid-ranged, 
Um, if you're if you're in the meta in this past week after they got rid of the epic bug, you'll see that it's it's actually very fast, and the speed's going to slow back down with these new sets rotating in with the taunts and just kind of with the the mana cost of a lot of the cards. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a mid range meta, which is good. There's gonna be a a, a a bit more RNG than I think what most people would like, even compared to the fall metas, uh, but less swings and you know just unbeatable stuff uh, that we currently have because dragons, right? Dragons are always the worst, and we're we're getting out of dragons for the most part. All right, cool, cool. So, uh, anything uh, you want to preview before we we really get to it and uh, go down the uh, get to the actual card reviews? No, you want to do the explanation of our scoring system for the next one. Uh, you know, let's just do the scoring system now. Here we yeah. have this. This hasn't been that long, uh, mostly because, like I said, this is a weird meta in which the giant rotation, in which all the cards are rotating out almost, except for Alteric. Uh, and there's a new core set, isn't actually that impactful. Um, so if you were listening to us for the past month, we were like, oh, everything's going to change. It's going to be super whatever. Well, everything did change, but but it kind of doesn't matter as much uh, as we thought it would. At least that's what I'm predicting now. Anyway, uh, from here on out, we're going to be talking about the tier list, and we're actually going to show you the new card. So we're going to show you the new card, and we're going to discuss how to use it, we're going to talk about how good it is, and we're going to go from the top down for the neutral cards first. So the best neutral cards, there's five of them, you can try to guess which ones if you're uh, uh, listening to this or, uh, or watching this without knowing. And then afterwards we're going to talk about all the other good ones, uh, which are B tier. So the first top five are A and S tier cards. Then is our B tier cards, then is our C tier cards, and then is our bad cards, which are D and F tiers. So what the tiers generally mean is that S-tier cards are broken. They exist usually with legendaries or like the top of the top of class cards, but they're universally hated. This is stuff like Caverns, this is stuff like, you know, Ysera, like S-tier cards are just bad. They shouldn't be in the game and arena. A-tier cards are too good to be neutral commons or neutral rares. So A-tier card, a good example of an A-tier card... Um, well, I actually have to find an example of an A-tier card. Uh, what's one of the A-tier cards from before? Like... Uh, Class okay. or neutral? Uh, neutral. So Spammy, for example. I think that's a good, a good uh, example of an A-tier card. Spammy, which we all know now, and you know, with the Epic Bug, they see you saw a lot of Spammies. That is an A-tier card. It's not even an A-plus tier card. It's just a regular A-tier card. It's terrible for the meta, right? But it's an epic card, and as an epic card, you're kind of like, eh, you know, like, it's not the worst thing in the world. Obviously, we don't like it, but it's, it's kind of fine. But you cannot have Spammy be a common card. And you saw what happened when Spammy was effectively a common card. Like, the meta gets super freaking, like, weird and bad. So, A-tier cards are kind of everywhere um, in, in class cards. A lot of class cards are A-tier cards, but that's good because you want class cards to be able to do this kind of stuff. You don't want common neutrals and rare neutrals to be doing this. So some A-tier cards uh, in the past... Um, yeah, yeah we'll, just, we'll just use Spammy as, as an example. Um, 
Below A tier cards are B tier cards. B tier cards are the cards that you normally think of as good, like in your deck as far as neutrals go. Your average card these days is probably like a C plus tier or maybe a low B tier card um, uh, in this upcoming meta. Uh, in the current meta, your average card is probably a C tier, uh, but the, the card quality is going up, right, on average. We talked about that. So a B-plus tier card is something like Night Captain. Um, that's, that's our standard O2 for a B-plus. This is the absolute max that a common neutral card can be without starting to break the game. Uh, and uh, B-tier cards go, to, go, go down quite a bit to other things. Like some things, you know, like a Peon, for example, is, is a B-tier card. I'm looking at our, our, our ratings from before. Um, some of the just to find some of the cards that you can uh, you can think of when you think of a B tier card like Encumber Pack Mule that's a B tier card they're have, good cards we have Corporal at B I think there we that's go a Corporal's a B example. that's a great card mm-hmm. uh, because how many times is it just a two three that has like you know it, it's got taunt right it's definitely got taunt people definitely want to get rid of it. You can sometimes get Divine Shield, and you can sometimes get the super value out of it, but let's not misremember how many times it gets the super value Divine Shield. It's not yep. that common. So that's what, you know, I think that's a good example of a B, uh, B-tier card, either a card that consistently gets a little bit of value or sometimes just completely pops off. Yep, yep. Um, and then C tier cards, the very bottom of C tier and the very top of D plus tier is Yeti. So C tier cards are everything that is normal. We consider that the normal tier. Uh, they're cards that are better than a Yeti, but not like a lot better than a Yeti. So Corporal is a lot better than a Yeti. Um, like a Yeti with a taunt, for example, may not be that much better than a Yeti. That'll be a B tier card, but it's still better than a Yeti. So that's your C tier. D tier are your worst than a Yeti cards, um, like Croc would be here. Um, some other like they're not going to kill your deck if you uh, if you put a couple of these in, but you're going to feel it. They're not they're not doing anything special. And F tier cards are the terrible cards. Um, you do not want to play these cards. F card tier cards generally do either nothing or very little. We have we have a wide range for it. Um. So. Uh, Something like an Elwyn Boar is an F tier card. Like it's a one mana one one. You, you, you don't want that. Um, even though it's not a totally useless card, right? Like you, it will do something in your deck. It's not unplayable. It's not a, a, a cannot attack card or anything. Um, but yeah, those are all F tier. So that's our rating system. We break it down into the main category, like a B, A, C, D, or whatever. And then we also give pluses to around 25% of the cards in that category to identify the ones that are kind of on the border. Um, And uh, yeah, um, keep that in mind as we uh, value the cards later. I I think this is a better way to think about the cards than specific numbers. Like if you're not doing an algorithm and crunching down specific numbers, you really just want to know like roughly what tier the card is in. And then your deck, you'll just make decisions based on your deck. So for... For like advanced players, like this is this is our our predictions of uh, of how good these cards are. And in the upcoming six hours of of podcast, we will talk about each and every one of these cards coming up, and we will tell you how to play them, what to watch out for, and uh, why we think that they are 
that good or or bad. I don't think there's that many surprises, but it go, it gets pretty in depth because these are some interesting cars that are coming up in uh, in Sunken City. Yep. All right. That's all I have to say. That's that's all I have to say. All right. Okay. All right. Um, let's let's. I'm going to give a shout out here as we are closing out our first video. Shout out to our patrons at Patreon.com/slash/GrinningGoat. Our wonderful patrons supporting us, keeping the lights on, making all this possible, as well as our subs uh, on Twitch. Uh, the top patrons uh, for the month: RV Nitrain. Uh, Eric L, Yin, REG, Dan F, and Karova. Um, also, a shout out to Brand New and 4P for, for supporting us. They're, they're our spouses. And uh, we are terrible, terrible people leading up to every one of these, uh, <laughs> every one of these giant streams. Um, who else? I just kind of want to dump all the, all the shout outs here and then we'll give more shout outs uh, after every, uh, after every, um, episode or every part of, of this uh card review um shout out to our mods who are in our chat right now and all of our viewers who are watching um shout out to david attenborough says uh who is going to upload these to youtube if you're watching this on youtube that's what uh that's all his work and uh to soren who is not doing this but he does our 12 win uh videos that you see uh come up um that's that's kind of the 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 team right now i don't know if i'm forgetting someone if you're forgetting um, someone we'll out. mention it later but it's probably that's fine like if, okay. if you have to drag on for this long we can think of it some other time all right goodbye. all right all right all right see you guys in the next episode when we talk about the number one card of the upcoming meta in sunken city until then this is Adukta. this is murps goodbye welcome back to grinning goats lightforge podcast arena valuation stream vod whatever um, this is for Voyage to Sunken City, and I'm Adwikta. This is Murps. We're doing the top neutral cards. We're doing neutrals first. These are important. They're neutral. Top neutral cards. So I think to no one's surprise, we're just gonna we're just gonna rip off the band-aid, start it off uh, with the thing that we've been talking about. We talked about this in the previous Lightforge. This is going to be the number one card in the set, um, even before we saw the other cards, because it's it's so good. And it is Gangplank Diver. Gangplank Diver is a 5-mana 6-4 pirate, dormant for one turn, rush, immune while attacking. So this comes in at an A+. Plus. If you say this is an S, well, I'm with you. I actually argued it for it to be an S. It, I don't think it really matters so much. If you remember on the old scale, for those of you who have seen with your eyes this fabled light, you know, forged tier list that two random losers used to have, uh, you're essentially arguing the difference between like, oh, is it like a 250? Is it a 300 plus? Y you know, you're within that category. So I don't know. I, I argued it for it to be an S. Uh, we landed on A plus. It's okay. But let's just talk about... like based on, like in the current standard meta the upcoming standard meta so the last three sets um the cards that existed that were s were watch post 
which is common, and it was nerfed, and it was banned. It was Scorpid, which we have since reclassified as an S. That is still around. Uh, not in this upcoming meta, but they have never banned it, and it was the bane of Arena for the longest time. Um, Battlemaster at A tier was nerfed. And uh, we had two A tier, uh, and then there were some epic cards, right? And even an epic S tier, which was the previous banning, is uh, Abominable Lieutenant. Like, that was an epic card, and it was still banned for being S tier. So S tiers get kind of an auto ban, but A tiers do not. Some of them get banned, some of them do not get banned. And this is an A plus tier, and so it's kind of straddling that area. And um, we there, there's just barely any A tier cards that are common and in the arena. And the ones that exist are all problematic and ruin the arena. So at A plus tier, this should really get banned. So we are not, like, I thought this was going to come in at an S tier uh, card as well, but it actually came in at an A plus tier. Whatever. This is, like, Knight Captain is B plus. A should not exist as a common neutral. A plus should really not exist. Yeah, look. I, once again, I think some people will be like, oh, it's an S or whatever. I, sure, it's straddling the line. I, I'd, at the end of the day, I didn't care so much about it. I think the discussion is more important than the actual score. Um, we've talked about it. And if you don't, if you haven't heard us talk about it for like 30 minutes straight on one of the previous podcasts, this is just problematic such that when you drop it, dormant, you can't get rid of it. Uh, it rushes and it basically always has divine shield on every single turn in which it is attacking. It automatically uh, forces removal and after it had it has already gotten some value and if the response is well just don't play anything forehead, that's kind of tough in the arena. You can't really do that. So it's going to get some sort of value. And then if you don't have an answer in your hand, you just automatically lose. Uh, a lot of the cars that were banned have this characteristic. So if you remember Ramming Mount, which was the Hunter Mount that gave this effect, right? Like it buffed and it gave uh, immune while attacking. People thought it was very toxic. Now that came out earlier. If you remember Watch Post, part of the reason it was banned was like, oh, just have enough stuff on the board to deal with it when it comes out as a 3-5 on turn 3. You know, just just do that. Or, uh, you know, just, just have spells. Just have tons of spells, right? Like, it's tough. It's really tough. For this, it's just like, oh, just have 4 damage in your hand. And then after it's gotten value, it just puts you in a really tough spot. And then, of course, if you don't have it at all, uh, you lose. Because it just keeps on attacking. What are you going to do? Not play minions? playing like or some people just have in mind like their hand is going to be a perfect counter of all small things right it's like oh just play all of these one ones or something it just doesn't happen um this card boxes you in way too much and for that reason i hope that they ban it so once again a plus or s i don't know it's the difference between 
probably in like 10 or 20 points sometimes on the old scale when you're already talking about like a 260 270 card yeah it like really that. it's I, I it's not know. that big of a deal whether it's an a plus or an s um that's why i listed all the cards these those are literally all the cards in the last hearthstone year that we rate the neutral cards that we rated a or above so once again it's literally just Battlemaster that was a and abominable uh sorry and uh spammy uh primordial protector and south sea scoundrel were low a's this is a plus this is much better than primordial protector or south sea scoundrel spammy was just an a not an a plus and um Battlemaster got nerfed abominable oh that was an s but that that's it i'm not like giving examples here I'm listing every single neutral card that they published that was in the A range. The, these cards just, they, they don't really happen. And if you are watching this video, um, rather than listening to this on a podcast or watching this live, you will know that the video is titled Top 5. And I also previewed this in the previous uh, part of, uh, of the podcast that there was going to be a Top 5. All Top 5 are in the A or A-plus range. So this is not a power creep in that, I mean, we do have A cars that exist, right? Spammy may be an epic, but it is still around. Um, Scorpid is an S, and it was never, it hasn't been in the meta for a long time, but it was, um, it was never banned. Um, so it's not that they don't exist, but they almost never exist. And the vast majority of these, especially when they are common and neutral, they get banned. And I think that's what's going to happen with Gangplank Diver too. There's just... That's why I'm not even... I, I'm not... We, we did 30 minutes on this in a previous podcast. Uh, Murphs just did a short overview here. But none of that's that important because this card's going to get banned. It's going to get banned in the next week or two weeks whenever they you know, decide the first round of bannings. Because the win rates of this card is just going to be absolutely absurd. It's not a hard-to-use card. It's not a card in which good players are really good with it and bad players are not that good with it. Um, it's not even a card that the, the, the kinds that we really hate where like a bad players are better with it and good players are worse with it because it's so much RNG or anything. No, this is just a solid standard card that has way too much stats. So I want to make this clear because uh, I'm looking at chat right now and it seems like there might be a misunderstanding of some sort. When it says dormant for one turn, it you can use it on the next turn. Yep. You know how minions have summoning sickness, right? Such, such that unless it has rush, it, you know, or charge, and I know, understand this has rush. Um, but what it really means is that just think of this as a minion with summoning sickness, except it can't possibly die. Uh, and then, of course, some people will think of a way that it can die. But it can't possibly die until the next turn. So that's one way to think of it. Because I have read that in other places as well. People look at it as dormant for one turn and they think of it as almost like dormant for two turns no it's dormant for one turn rush which means it's stealth it's stealth except there's no way to it's remove super it. stealth right yeah. think it's of it super as super stealth, stealth but you can't not attack face the next turn it is rush not charge so it is like super stealth but there is a drawback you cannot go face with it the next turn you can go face with it you know one turn after 
Um, and we were, I was asking you this because you were trying to fight for the S on this. I was like, how often do you think this will survive? Not the first turn, right? The first turn 100% survives because you can't possibly remove it because it's dormant. But the second turn, on your turn, it's not going to die because it's immune while attacking. So there's no way you can kill it off even, unless you like sacrifice it or something. It's not even going to get hurt. But then on your opponent's next turn, after you've already removed something, what do you think the percent chance that you'll get it back in order to attack again is? And Murps, you said 75%, and I said 66%. Um, but that's how high... And this is, you know, without opponents doing crazy stuff. Like, if an opponent is going to, I don't know, use uh, an assassinate on the Gangplank Diver after the Gangplank Diver has already removed your opponent's 5-drop, um, fine, right? Like, we've gone, it, it's gone 2 for 1 and uh, and uh, taken 10 mana for 5 mana. Like, it's it's earned its A-plus or uh, S-tier status at that point. Um, I just mean to be able to even remotely efficiently remove it or trade stuff on the board or like use like a removal, right? That is not strictly hard. Um, and uh, those were the numbers that we're, we're kind of working with here. And uh, that's, uh, that's Gangplank Diver. It's not that easy to deal four damage when you just suffered six damage of extra tempo on the board lost while... Your, you, you know, your opponent had a, a, a full turn if you're on the receiving end of the Gangplank Diver. Yeah, uh, I think people just always overestimate the answers they'll have in their hand. Now, Hearthstone in 2022 is a lot of initiative. It's a lot of spells. It's a lot of a lot of things. But you won't always have that. It won't. It also won't always be perfect. Um, and here's the thing. I, I think you guys have experienced this while playing. Sometimes in order to kill off something like a, you know, we don't have the divers in yet, but sometimes in, in order to kill off the divers, or I think a good example, in order to kill off a corporal, right? Uh, you have to be really inefficient. Mm -hmm. Like you have to just kill the corporal off and you hang a lot of mana. You can't play this really good minion that you want to play because you're like, well, the corporal is a little bit too dangerous. Um, and then because of that, you might end up losing. So that's one of the problems with the Gangplank Diver as well. Sometimes you'll lose by killing it because even if you, if you don't kill it, you lose. And by killing it, even inefficiently, you have lost uh, because of that. You, a lot of times you won't even um, associate it with that. It's like, oh, I didn't lose because of the Gangplank Diver. I killed it on the very next turn that I could, right? Uh, but no, like because you had an inefficient turn, they got you've a little bit more damage. you five mana and yeah. a card at that point. On turn yeah. five. You've lost five mana. That means you're five mana behind and a card behind on turn five from your opponent playing this one card that is not situational at all in any situation whatsoever. They just have to have it by turn five. Or even later on, right? It's the same idea. The only way to actually succeed against this card is to not have minions or to have something like a, like a, a righteous protector, right? Or like a... Uh, an Annoyotron up, and then your Gangplank Diver comes out and is like, oh, I guess I have to hit into the one mana, you know, the one attack taunt, and then I don't get a lot of value, and then I get killed the turn after, right? Um, so it's not that, 
it's literally impossible to set stuff up around it. It's that in the arena where you don't know what cards you have and you don't have the right cards most often, you're going to be able to deal with it on a one-for-one -one basis maybe 5 to 10% of the time. And the rest of the time, it's already gotten value. People focus on how to remove it after like, you know, it pops out. And that's good. That's what you should be focused on when you're playing. That should be your strategy. But at that point, you're already down big. That's why this card is so good. And it's not a, oh, I comboed it with something. It's not a, oh, my opponent did this. It's not a, oh, I had something and then I buffed it or whatever. Nothing. There's zero requirements to this card. This card just gets played whenever you have five mana or more and it gets into your hand. This card comes down. And then, of course, I, I make this point all the time, but I feel like for a card like this, a card that we want for it to be banned, um, and, and I think with good reason, there, there's always a, a, a difference between how uh, toxic or oppressive uh, or how feels bad a card is versus how strong it is. So... I think the best example of one that is pretty disconnected is mind control tech. If you guys remember, that was the mm -hmm. three mana, three, three. If your opponent controls four or more minions, just steal one of them at random. So what's the average power of a mind control tech? It's, eh. it's not high. Like it's not, it's not a on average good card, but it was banned for a reason. Uh, and what it's like, if we had it today, would people be happy? No. Like, it not only has that swing, you always have to think about it. It prevents people from playing cards, which is like, hey, we should encourage... And I know, it's like Twisting Nether, like Plague of Death, all of these things are like, yes, they discourage playing cards as well. But it's kind of different, right? So I think MCT is a good example of a card that was just really toxic for the arena um but wasn't too strong so are you saying this, this one's one... like mct or oh no no, no. I, i'm saying that like uh it's like we should not just have a cutoff right like anywhere to to be like okay this is exactly where the cutoff is here's where like it needs to be banned here's where it doesn't need to be banned because oh, you could totally also just disagree i think there should be a cutoff because at a certain point the power level is just too high and you mess with the fundamentals of Arena. I think there well, should be you another just criteria have like a... to ban. Like, that's why Flappy Bird is banned. That's why MCT is banned. But I do think that one of the criteria for banning is that it is just too powerful. And that that line should be drawn between B plus and oh, A. Okay, so you theory. think there should be another one. So if you have a car that is just like... If you have this car in your deck at the beginning of the game, flip a coin and then it's like determine the winner that like make games into a pure coin flip it's like is it good no especially if you're a good player right, right. right. but i mean that's that's what so, you're talking about with like the mct or yeah. uh, or a flappy bird not neither of which are particularly great cards but they should be banned because they make the game terrible um mech engineer even like we talk about okay it can we call it as deep run engineer mech engineer it's the engineer that discovers mechs all right no one knows deep run deep run's been nobody banned. knows mech engineer it's the we're engineer trying to call it by the official name Ugh. so the the mech engineer the deep run engineer that discovers the mechs is an example that card is not an a tier card back then even but it was banned why was it banned because it did this ridiculous jackpot stuff that made every game kind of like 
you know, terrible feeling to play. So yeah, those cards should be banned, but that's a totally different reason, right? We're, we're uh, like, it, it, and, and for that reason, this card should be banned too. So this card hits it on both ways, but this card should also be banned because it's just simply too powerful. This isn't one of those cards where it's like, like it's a low A, right? Like you can argue that it's a B plus or like maybe we're not doing the math super precisely, which we're not because we don't have an algorithm. So like maybe it's secretly a B plus and not an A and we just put it as a low A. Like whatever, fine. This is like an A plus, which means it's in the top 25% of A tier cards. Uh, like we're not, and Murph wants it to be an S tier card. Like this is, it's, it's nowhere close to the line of which it doesn't upset the entire balance regardless of whether it makes people feel bad or not. On top of that, it's going to make people feel bad because it's also a Flappy Bird card. So it's just hitting it at both angles of just, like, terribleness. Like, one, one of the things is, um, this is the card that was nerfed. Battlemaster. That was an A-tier card. And we called it as A-tier, and a lot of people were like, well, what happened? It came into the arena. It had a really high win rate for uh, quite a high percentage of decks and the good players. And then it got nerfed because it was just super feel bad. Not for Arena necessarily, but even in Constructed it was super feel bad. <laughs> um, and, and it was a neutral card, so it was in all sorts of different things. Like, you upset fundamental parts of the game by having cards that are too good. Regardless of anything else. And then on top of that, it feels bad in certain ways. So, I think Gangplank Diver is like a better, more problematic version of Battlemaster. If you're looking at recent examples you can compare this to. Because we really don't have a lot of common neutrals that are in the A range. We have common neutrals that are uh, in the S range, and they get banned immediately, except Scorpid. Uh, so this one also needs to be banned immediately. And I think it will be banned. Why do I think it will be banned? Because Abominable Lieutenant was the same freaking thing. Abominable Lieutenant was a, and that's the most recently banned card, uh, and it is a S-tier card. It wasn't a high S-tier card, it was a low S-tier card. It was arguably an A-plus tier card. And it was epic on top of that. And it still got banned. And it was 8 mana. This is 5 mana. So, if you're gonna ban Abominable Lieutenant, you really need to ban Gangplank Diver. That's why I don't think there's, I, I really have no doubts that this card's gonna get banned in like two weeks. Okay. All right. We've talked right. enough about this. Everybody's okay. talked enough about this. Okay. So this is the banned card. Now, <laughs> this is not the only A-plus card. There are two more A-plus cards in this set. That's why this is called Top 5. This is not called Top 1 and the four other cards that are second fiddle. Gangplank Diver may be the most problematic, most feel-bad, and the common neutral of the set. But there are two more cards that are A-plus tier that are neutral in uh, this upcoming expansion. So we're going to talk about one of them right now. The next one we're going to talk about is going to be... Uh, why am I? Okay. We've also talked about this a little before. But uh, it's going to be an epic card, and it is School Teacher. School Teacher is a 4-mana 5-4 Naga battle cry. Add a 1-1 one, one Naga-ling to your hand. Discover a spell that costs 3 or less to teach it. So, it's an on-curve 4-drop. 
It adds a 1 mana 1 1 into your hand, that's another Naga. And that has a free battle cry of a discovered battle cry that you picked beforehand. And you can also play on the same turn if you want to have 5 mana instead of 4. And it will do whatever spell that is. I don't know why they couldn't take a single stat away. Or the fact that you have two Nagas in your hand. There's Naga synergies, by the way. Uh, so having two Nagas counts for something. Uh, more so in some classes rather than others. You can delay it. You can play it right away. Man, it's just really good. We talked about this before as well. Spells are just very good now. Small, uh, And this will differ from expansion to expansion as in you know rotation to rotation but there are some really good spells and even just bad ones well it doesn't really matter you you can get reductions on quote bad two or three mana spells and they become quite good as just one mana uh so it's just insane um it's absolutely insane i don't understand how this wasn't like a four mana four four to maybe take something away from it i thought this was a five mana five four well, you would, but it's not. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is like going to be an A-tier card. Like, it's a really good card. It's an epic card. It's one of the top epic cards. Okay. And then uh, on the podcast, uh, like, a couple weeks ago when this was revealed, you were like, it's four mana. And I was like, what? Yeah, it's five mana. And you're like, no, no, no. It's it's on curve. I'm like, it's not on curve. No, no it's on curve. It's a four mana five four that does this. No, uh, you, you take absolutely nothing away. You add two... Um, tags you know minions with tags uh into your hand uh, it's it's just pure positive pure positive so yeah. this is great and honest for some classes you could say it is an s if you just look at mm -hmm. uh the spells that are available yep. this is just an average kind of thing so you know we're we're not jumping into certain classes i haven't looked super carefully at you know maybe there's one class that stands out in particular that's like wait it's actually super busted so sure but um for us just you know looking at it generally it's it's an a plus yeah um and so we wanted to ban the other a plus card in fact we were certain that gangplank diver was going to get banned i mean not like 100 percent certain but like i think i have a 75 percent plus uh certainty that i mean i guess it's not certain a 75 percent plus probability that Gangplank Diver will be banned. You never know, right? They always go scorpion with it. But that one's so feel-bad that I, I think that they would. This one is a little less feel-bad, right? It's a little delayed. You're casting spells. It's looking a lot more like Scorpid than it's looking like Gangplank or, you know, some of the other banned cards like Battlemaster or Watchpost or Abominable. It's not as feel-bad. So it's as powerful as Gangplank, or like very similar. Um, but I'm not 100% sure it's banned. And what makes me really think this is not going to get banned is the fact that it is an epic card. And we have seen one epic card get banned, and that is um, Abominable Lieutenant, which just got banned. But that was an S-tier card. This one, and that was Feels Bad. So, do I think the school teacher should be banned? Yes, it is an A-plus card. It is way too powerful. It is past the line. Um, I think A-tier card, A cards for Epic is probably okay if they, you know, keep the Epic bug fixed. But A-plus gets really dicey. But I don't think it's the end of the world if they don't ban this one. Even though it's the same power level as Diver. Because it will show up a quarter of the frequency that Diver does. Or, sorry, 
maybe not a quarter, maybe like a third. I forget what the exact uh, percentage is, and it differs every single uh, rotation. Like, you just have to think about it in terms of how diverse your games are and how same everything is, right? The problem with neutrals and why you can't have neutrals be A tier or S tier, well, class cards can be A tier, at least. Uh, I would still object to S tier class cards, but they are at S tier sometimes. Um, the reason for that is because you only see classes sometimes, right? There are 10 classes. You have, you face like a variety of classes. Usually there's a handful, like at least two classes, sometimes up to like four or five classes at the top that you see in a rotation, uh, even when you get to the high win rates. And so you just don't get hammered by these same cards. With neutrals, you have that problem. But with epic neutrals, that problem kind of disappears again. Like the top common class card of the top class um, is seen more often than the top epic neutral when you when you're talking about what you're facing. So I can see them not banning this, and I can see the argument for saying that epics are okay to be even A plus. But I'm glad they drew the line at S tier with uh, uh, with abominable lieutenant. This one I would still want banned, but I am much less certain that it'll get banned. I think maybe 25% chance this one gets banned. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of what gets banned comes down to, and Blizzard has, has talked about, they care how people feel, right, when a card is played. And, uh, you know, that's why, that's, I think, predominantly the reason why MCT eventually got banned. Um, but... I think part of the reason why Scorpid will never get banned is, and and this won't get banned, is that whenever you're assigning blame, it's much easier to assign blame to the cycle of hatred that was discovered by Scorpid instead of the Scorpid mm -hmm. itself. Yep. Here, uh, for example, let's say you play a school teacher. Um, let's say you know in, in future, you know for now. Uh, it, it, you don't have it, but like if the studies were in, right? Right. And then you play the Nagling, and then you play like Draconic Studies, and Draconic Studies uh, then discovers like the the Ysera. What are you gonna blame? You're probably like at least part of your mind is gonna be like, oh, stupid Ysera from Draconic Studies, right? Yep. Which is true. Which is true. You know, now we're e getting even more disconnected there. It all started with the school teacher that allowed you to do something like that. But for a lot of players, what's the last thing you see? Them playing Ysera and then Ysera Awakens and all that stuff. And then they can take it one step back. And it's like, if, you know, it was because of stupid draconic studies, which is stupid. I agree with you there. Ysera is also stupid. School teacher is what started all of the stupidity, just like Scorpid started all the stupidity with the mm -hmm. cycle of hatred, you know, in that meta in which, like, Demon Hunters didn't exactly have that many spells, so them getting expendable performers or cycle of hatred with the Scorpid was pretty damn high. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think this will get banned um, for that reason, even though it is an incredibly powerful card. Yep. Okay, so after this, we have our third A-plus card. So we're, we're arranging these A-plus cards in likelihood to be banned. This one, there's pretty much no chance it's going to be banned. Um, it might. I'm not going to say never, but it's kind of... You'll, you'll see. So the third card that is neutral and A-plus... By the way, you've seen... like This is another reason why I gave the full list of A and S-tier cards in previous metas. 
because there are so few A and S tier cards in neutrals in uh, almost any set. And in this set, there are five A and A plus tier cards, including three A plus tier cards. Like, the consistency of the power level has really just moved up. Now, none of these are S tier cards, or I guess uh, Gangplank Mervs wants to be an S tier card, but it would be like very close, right? So these are not like the most powerful cards, but they're, they're just problematic in the meta. Um, and we're really getting a lot of them. So, this next card is, and I have to find it. Why can't I find it? Um, the next card is Putter Fist. Puffer Fist. Huh? It's like Puffer, puffer Fish. Fist. Sorry, sorry. But it's My... a Puffer Fist. Because it's punching you with Puffer Fish. Wait, what do you mean you can't find it? It's a three mana card. There we go. Well, because I was looking for a fish. Okay, but, why but can't you just read the names? Why can't you just read... Is I, this I how you identify cards just by looking at pictures? Yeah. There's no way. There's There's no way. There's, like, there's no way. That's why they have pictures. So you can see it and look. Like, I, I don't see you and then think, like, oh, I'm going to read the name tag. Like, I know your Murps. So when I see you, it's Murps. Okay, right. But for things that you don't know and but that I have thought a name. I knew. That's and the that difference. A... Now, I also read the name wrong. So I thought it was right. like Putterfish, but it's actually or... Puffer Fist. So okay, it's a, okay. a goblin y Murlocky. Not Murlocky. What? Oh, Naga? Is that a Naga? Okay. It's some Stop. dude with two, like, blowfish as fists. That's, those, that's are, those, are, those are the puffer fish that uh, oh. they are using as fists. Therefore, puffer fist. Uh, uh, okay, uh, so so puffer fist. I mean, it was confusing. I thought it was putterfish. If you thought it was putterfish, you'd be confused too. And that's just a fact. Anyway, uh, this guy's a pirate, by the way. I don't know why he's not a naga. He's just a pirate underwater with with blowfish as fists. Um, it's a three mana three four, so super on curve. And the uh, description, the ability reads. After your hero attacks, deal one damage to all enemies. That, that includes your opponent's face. It includes so. face. So, uh, first of all, this is an A-plus card, but not for all classes. Let, let's do a breakdown of our scoring system and uh, talk about sort of how it fits. Because it is an A-plus card uh, for demon hunters and rogues. I think that is pretty self-explanatory they have the easiest access to you know be able to hit whatever uh using their face because of the cheap hero power or the two charge dagger it is a a tier card for druids you know it's just going to be harder right druids actually have to spend more to attack less um it's approximately a b plus tier card for paladins shamans uh hunters and warriors although warriors it might be lower than that like because uh, i think you did the calculation with old assumptions no, no, no. Uh, it's uh, it's the same yeah and then it is a d plus card as in a three mana three four which is a d plus um like a you know very high d plus uh for mages uh priests and warlocks we're assuming you are getting no weapons there so once again we're putting this you know, this is an a, a plus card, but for demon hunters and rogues. And let's just talk about it. Like, this effect 
uh, persists, right? This isn't sort of mm -hmm. like a battle cry. If your hero attack this turn, deal one damage to all enemies, you can snowball. You can absolutely win the game with this one card on turn three. This is huge snowball potential. And if not snowball potential, you can get one turn out of it in which, uh, you know, it's, it's like a, a better bunker uh, a lot of the times. Uh, and then you can keep getting that bunker sergeant effect. Also, yeah, it goes face. I hate something like this. Yeah. I, I really hate this. So if you guys remember, Hench Clan Thug was a previous three drop neutral that everybody had access to. It was a three mana three three. After your hero attacks gain plus one plus one. And people just thought of it as a rogue half druid class mm. card, right? People thought of it as, as that. Um, and there it was like pretty good. Like if you got it as rogue, it was good. R remember, Henchclan Thug was like old Hearthstone, where you get that plus one plus one, and you have like a turn three, uh, four four. 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 Mm -hmm. Man, that was You're great. Very happy. Oh, very happy. So good. It could keep growing. You could keep daggering. Really nice. Uh, but even then, it was just sort of like, oh, man. Also, remember, this is back when rogues were good. Some of you guys might not remember this. Rogues used to be consistently good. Mm -hmm. They were like uh, paladins. Like, yeah, not like they are now. But even back then, it felt kind of bad. Uh, and that was one in which it only sometimes majorly impacted games, even when you were a rogue. With Puffer Fist... This effect by itself is going to win quite a few games as mm -hmm. Demon Hunter and Rogue. Now, I don't know exactly how good those classes are going to be because, you know, I I don't know. There's too many factors now. Uh, but just the fact that this is in, uh, you draft one of these, congrats. You have gotten a super duper premium card. You know, it's like uh, we put this the same as School Teacher. We put this the same as Diver. And it just really sucks because uh, essentially what you're saying is whenever this pops up, when you're a mage, mages suck right now, by the way. Like, it, So if it pops up as a mage, you're like, oh, crud. I basically just got a warging greaser, right? Warging, mm -hmm. It's actually kind of the same as a warging greaser now. Like it's, improved it's not warging a warging greaser. It's still a spider tank. All yeah. right, let's not trash this card so well, much. Well, no, no, Worgen Greaser is a, it got buffed. It got buffed, okay? Wait, Worgen Greaser got buffed? It's a 6-4 now. Oh, God, you have not been keeping up. Um, but yeah, you know, you have got... Let's not say it's a spider tank, because spider tank is a mech, and mechs are actually good for mages, so let's not, let's not call it that, okay? <laughs> spider tanks are good for mage now. But, man, that feels bad. As a rogue, you're getting something that is to the effect of a school teacher, to the effect of a diver, and I would say sometimes better, because, you, like, you know, this, if you need it, you can keep snowballing off of it. It's very early on. Uh, you can draw it as a pirate as well, which is, like, relevant for rogues. Um, I, I hate the fact that this is so, so different for different classes. Um, I just don't like this sort of design for something like yeah. Arena. Yeah. These kind of persistent effects, when it comes to being in the form of removals, are very bad. Um, even, like, you see us complain so much about Gangplank Diver, and that persistent effect isn't even removals. That persistent effect is the equivalent of, like, buffing the Gangplank Diver's health every turn, as long as it attacks something on the board, right? Like, giving it a Divine Shield every turn if it attacks something on the board. But this goes one step further and is an actual removal. 
And even worse, it's a removal when you are using another removal, which is your face, to attack something. So if you have the weapon, for example, even in, in the B-plus rated uh, classes like a paladin, or a shaman, or a warrior, or whatever, if you have the weapon to go with it, then you're just like destroying everything and just win the game from there on. And even if you don't have the weapon for Rogue and Demon Hunter, for effectively one mana, you are getting a mini swipe. Every single turn, including the turn that it comes out. Like, it's just super ridiculous. And that is not fun to face, and that is not fun to play, really. Maybe it's fun to play the first couple times, but it'll get old fast. Now, um, I want to... So the reason why this card I don't think is going to get banned is because it's only A-plus for Demon Hunter and Rogue. It's only A for Druid. That means that only one-third of the classes is it in the A tier which makes it kind of similar in terms of how often you're going to see it as like a tri-class card, right? So it's kind of like almost a class card. And yes, it's common, uh, so it's not, um, it's not epic, but you're going to see it in the problematic range, in the AA plus range, about as often as you're going to see an actual epic card in that problematic range. And in the same way that I think Excavation, uh, that I think a school teacher is uh, maybe 25% chance to get banned. This card, I'll also give it a 25% chance to get banned. Um, I think it's lower. I think it's lower. lower. Okay. I, I, I can't see this one getting banned. All right. Let's, I, let's I go with... Yeah. yeah. Okay. So so let's go with like a 10% chance to get banned. The same well, percent I, chance that they bring back Mech Engineer. Especially because uh, I think this is just one of the ones that they'll look at and say, we'll just adjust it if it's, you know, Wait, how if they it's problematic. It? No, no, no. Like, they'll look at it and be like, sorry, it's adjustable. Not that they will actually adjust it because they can't adjust it. But they'll be like, oh, this is like one that is like not universally kind of hated. So therefore, it's adjustable. Like, I think they're looking at a lot of things right now. And they're like, oh, you know, this is like adjustable. Not that they can adjust it or will, but it's about how they view it, right? And this one will be viewed as like, oh, it is adjustable. So therefore, it can, you know. See, I don't know. I think the feel badness of this one is just so much worse than school teachers feel badness. And they're like about the same, like, when you're looking at it from a my opponent has this car kind of category, it's... It's very similar in terms of power level uh, and uh, percent chance that you'll see an opponent with the card. That uh, I could, I guess, I could see this one being banned, even if it's totally okay for all the classes not named Demon Hunter and Rogue. Um, especially because Demon Hunters are always good, unless they uh, adjust against Demon Hunter, and they don't adjust anymore. So they're not adjusting against Demon Hunter, which means Demon Hunters are going to be at least okay, if not actively dominating. Uh, I, I think there's a chance for this to also get banned. Like, the fact that we're even talking about this, we've just talked about three cards that went from probably being banned to, like, has a, a chance of being banned, and this one also has a maybe small chance of being banned. It just tells you what you need to know about this set. Like, we're here. We're in the era of everything's kind of breaking arena now. Even the new arena. Remember, this set is uh, this rotation is going to have three modern sets, three sets in standard out of the five sets that they have all together. Yeah. So, uh, I think you are like your percentages are definitely higher than mine. Here's mine. Uh, do I think Diver is going to get banned? Yes, I think that is very likely. Do I think 
uh school teacher is going to get banned i'm gonna say zero percent chance okay. <laughs> like zero percent chance do i think puffer fist will get banned i i'll give that like a five percent ten percent maybe but uh it, yeah like i i don't see school teacher getting banned at all um just at all at all uh i do agree with, it, with your assessment people will feel worse about puffer fist than school teacher it's just the way people look at it right because puffer fist it it's very easy to connect the AOE to Puffer Fist, mm-hmm. and it's not. And easy it happens to again connect. and again and again and again. Like, and again and that's, again. Right? That's the feel bad as a gangplank too, right? Like it just happens yeah. again and again and again and again, and you're like, so, what, what are we even doing? Why am I playing this game? They played one card and won. Yeah. On Once again, three. guys, uh, we're talking about this as an A plus. This is for rogues and demon hunters, yeah. uh, and then. The, the bottom of it, you know, this is a D-plus card, as in just a 3-mana three 3-4 three for classes that don't have weapons at all. Yeah. So, like, but even mages, if you have, priests, and warlock. Yeah, but even if you have some weapons, this is a B-plus card. This is, like, knight captain levels. Like, if you're, like, a paladin mm-hmm. or a shaman. It's still an insanely good card, even if you can only, like, trigger it once or twice. Uh, sometimes. Like, that's just yeah. how powerful this ability is. Because you could play it and then equip a weapon afterwards yeah. and assuming it survives. So, okay, cool. We uh, talked about our A plus cards. Should we go to our A's? Let's go to our A cards. So the next card is a card that, unfortunately, I think has a 0% chance of getting banned. But it really should get banned. And this is going to go into my whole thing of some cards are just too powerful. So this is Mothership. Mothership is a 6-mana, 5-4 mech rare card. It has Rush. 6-mana, 5-4 Rush. Death Rattle, summon two random mechs that cost 3-mana or less. Yeah, uh, and is... this is a mech itself, and then it spawns mechs, so you know there's lots of mech things. I'm curious, because I would never ban this one. It is yeah. powerful. Yeah. I will tell you guys right now, I think Mothership is the sort of uh sleeper of the mm-hmm. set not not that people are rating it incorrectly but um i think that this is going to just be all over the meta um i think it's very meta defining um i look at it honestly as kind of a neutral firelands portal and yep that's, that's, that's great. the way it's to look cheap. at it it's cheaper than firelands portal it has a tag uh are you going to get like um the stats of firelands portal you're gonna almost. get close to it actually yeah almost yeah. uh for for one cheaper and then plus you know these are mechs right these are actually mechs there's mech synergies and everything this is really freaking good like really really good here so um i just don't see a lot of chatter about it i think people like understand how good it is but yeah like this is going to be a uh, huge in the meta also if you think about it you know the diver comes out on five. This can kill it on six. I'm not. I'm not saying that it's exactly what's going to happen, but it does help. Yeah. Um, this is just the card. It's just a bag of a ton of stats. Firelands Portal is the analogy to make here, and Firelands Portal is a good card, and it is a class card, and it is seven mana. This one is six mana. It comes out one turn earlier and has almost as much stats as you what you'll average for Firelands Portal. Very close. Um, you it, this also has the potential. It can't go face, but it has the chance to maybe get two kills because the five four is rush. So you could you know if someone has like a two four 
uh, a taunt or something. You can hit him with this and then get another hit or force your opponent to remove it some other way. Uh, it is going to be very, very annoying. I don't mind the design of this card. I actually really like the design of the card. It's just too good. Um, it's not like a low A either. It's like a solid mid A, which is why uh, I'm, I'm saying it, it really should be banned. Um, it's This is the classic example of a card that is just too good. It does not feel bad. It does, has no. It's not poorly designed or anything. I don't mind it as a good player or bad player, blah, blah, blah. But it's not going to actually get banned. And one of the reasons it's not going to get banned is because it doesn't feel bad. But the other reason is also that it's a rare. And so if it was a common, I think there would be a chance, of, even if it's a low chance, um, depending on uh, you know what classes are good and whatnot and how the, meta, how the speed of the meta actually is. But as a rare, I don't think you're going to see it everywhere. I don't think it's going to be as meta-defining as you may think uh, it's going to be, Murps. Um, but I, I just, it's the, it's a giant bag of stats that has five damage of initiative attached to it. Like you can't, you can't sleep on this card. And I agree. I think people are sleeping on it. I, I don't think people are, and I think people are misreading it. Like, I don't think people are giving it its full due. Like they're saying, oh, it's a good card. It's a great card. This card may end up being for many classes, the best you know, rare or common neutral that exists in the entire game in this upcoming, uh, in this upcoming rotation. It probably will be. Once they ban Gangplank, uh, they ban a Gangplank Diver, and you are not one of the Puffer Fist classes, like, uh, Demon Hunter and Rogue, this is it. Because there's no, the, the other sets aren't coming in with big stuff that haven't been banned yet. Everything in the previous sets that were S tier were banned. So you have a nerf Battlemaster, which is nowhere near this, this power level. You have Primor... Uh, sorry, those over here. You have Abominable is banned. You have Spammy, that's an epic. Some of these other ones that are new are epics. Like, you're just... This is it. This is the best neutral card that is rare or common once they ban uh, Gangplank. So, yeah, I, I think people are sleeping on it. It is that good. Yeah, it's very good. Okay. Uh, what's next? And... and yeah, I zero percent chance this gets banned. I also wouldn't ban it. I, I wouldn't ban this one. Like, you know, Oof. this is, it goes one over uh, uh, Night Captain for me. Like, Night Captain's the line. This is definitely over the line in terms of just pure yep. power levels. And I think that they may ban it if its win rate is just too high. Like, I think that for something like this, um, it, it's something that is acceptable in 2022, right? Uh, it. Yeah, what if its um, win rate is above Night Captain? Like 1% above Night Captain? Yeah. It'll be fine. No, I, not fine. I'm, I, I don't love it. But no, I, I think... Uh, with other assumptions being okay... Uh, yeah, I don't think it's uh, bannable. Okay. We'll see how annoying this gets when it's actually in the meta. Um... But yeah. But regardless, well, I think we both agree it won't be banned. Like, I hope it'll be banned. I uh, agree that I don't think there's a zero percent chance of it being banned because I think there is some percent chance, maybe twenty-five, maybe thirty percent chance, that it has an insane win rate after or even before they ban Gangplank Diver. I mean, I love it. I don't know about insane. Wait, what do you mean by insane? I mean like. 
What's uh what's the current hold on. Uh let let me look at the current win rate for uh Night Captain. Okay, current win rate for Night Captain is fifty-seven percent. Yes, Sarah is fifty is basically sixty percent. Mm-hmm. So that's a three percent differential between an S tier card Yesera and Night Captain, which is the line of okay. So if it is something like a fifty-eight percent win rate, which it may well be. I think it could be on the chopping block. And if it's a 59% win rate, then it definitely will be, like, looking at the chopping block. Because Blizzard cares about reactions, but they also care a lot about stats. And this is not one of those cards where you're like, oh, the good players will be able to make it, you know, super good or whatever. This is something that everybody's going to get affected the same. It's just a bag of stats, and so it'll show up on the stats. And when it shows up on the stats, if it's going that way. The good players summon four twos... (laughs) with divine shield the bad players yes. summon one ones yes so um, you know that's that's how you differentiate the good from the bad players well, the, their, their stats may be full of good players then um compared to to other cards uh, for blizzard so it depends on how this card ends up i'm not writing it off as absolutely impossible to be banned but i do agree that it has a you know like five percent chance of being banned or something Okay. Also, it's entirely possible that they're just more ban happy um, with this. Like, I don't know what the philosophy is uh, for this new team, but a new team is handling Arena. Um, it's no longer Ixar. We know Ixar was against it. We don't know what the new people think. And the new people have Arena as a very small portion of what they're doing, but they still need to put some time and effort into it. And creating a better meta may be the way, uh, one, one of the ways that they put their stamp on, uh, on Arena. Um, you don't know what's going to happen with, uh, with the new dev team that's in charge of the Arena. They have been banning more frequently than they were before, so it'll also follow a trend. Although it would be going... I don't even think it's going higher than the trend. Because, like I said, everything they're, they're, this will be the best card in the game, in neutral... That is rare or common outside of Scorpid, which is not in the meta. That is not banned. If this is not banned, and that I is a fact. Don't think and they so will. Yep. they may draw the line above this, but they may also draw the line below this. I, I don't think it's impossible for them to draw the line below Mothership. Depending again, depending on the stats, right? Yep. Okay. Look, let's talk about the last card. Uh, last card in the top five to round it down. Uh, this is last, but certainly not least. Uh, oh, um, I also need to change this, by the way. That's not a... Uh, so I'm, I'm, if you're watching this, I'm starting to write the ratings on here for the, uh, for the neutral cards. Um, I'm not going to do it for class cards because each one's different. But for the neutral ones, we're now in the A zone. So the last card we talked about, it's an A tier card. It's not an A plus tier card. It's an A tier card. Now I've adjusted the text to match. So this final card is last but not least. In fact, it's arguably most. Like, I could see this being even more toxic than Gangplank Diver. And it's a card that was immediately picked up by everyone in the community as being a terrible, terrible card for Arena. It is Amalgam of the Deep. Two mana, two, three. It's an Amalgam, so it's all different tags. And its battle cry is, choose a friendly minion. Discover a minion of the same minion type. You have a dragon? This is discover a dragon. You have a mech? This is discover a mech, including colossal cards. Um, Yeah. Amalgam of the Deep. 
Yeah, look, those are the two that you should be targeting. Now, if you're thinking, oh, I'm in a class in which the colossal minion is a beast. There's a lot of those, by the way. Uh, I should discover a beast. Mm, there's a ton of beasts. There's a lot of beasts. Your chance for that is pretty low. If you have the opportunity to discover a dragon instead, yes, I understand you won't get your class colossal minion. Just get the Anixia. Just mm -hmm. get the Ysera. Just get those instead. Beasts, on average, are not the best hit. Be mm -mm. Well, sorry, the hit, as in your colossal minion, is amazing. But there are so many beasts around. Um, the beast rate of getting your colossal minion for non-hunter classes is something like less than 10%. And yeah. for hunters, it's like 5%. Although hunters have a couple of really insane beasts, so it's not just the, the same one. But overall, you're looking at a 10% rate to get a really good card. Whereas for dragons, you're looking at a 40% rate. So, so for... Yeah, so in general, you want to discover dragons. If you're paladin or mage, you can discover either dragons or mechs. You can mm -hmm. open it up to mechs. If you are not one of those classes, you, you could try to discover a mech, but it's much worse than dragons then. Yes. Uh, it's basically still similar... Still better than beasts. Still better than beasts, right. Um, so those are what you... Like, if you want a general rule, discover dragons, duh... Uh, and then if you're Paladin and or Mage, um, mechs are just as good, you know, whatever, uh, as dragons. And then I would just take the mech discover if you have it available. Like, if, you, if you're if you like, oh, should I take the mech discover or yeah. wait for a dragon discover? Just take the mech discover. Mm -hmm. it's, it's really freaking good. Uh, beasts are not great uh, in, in general, even in classes in which the Colossal is a beast there that's yeah. the general rule for you guys yeah um if you are hunter though there are some like not s tier beasts that are still very good and you may just like settle for it especially if you're like winning or you have a good deck you don't really need this to really you know pop off and uh and win you the game um so there's a lot of flexibility to this this is like for a card that's all about discovering and like high rolling the the jackpot, there's a lot of skill to how to use this card because it's very complicated and you have to have a lot of game knowledge of what is in the arena. Um, but that being said, this is the definition of a jackpot discover card. Like you're gonna hit it or you're not gonna hit it. You can set it up all right, but you're still only gonna have a forty percent chance to hit it at most. And if you don't hit it, it's you know not that great. Um, but if you do hit it, it's way better than an A-tier card. Like, this card is A-tier because it misses more often than it hits. Like, to, to get a truly, like, S-tier or even A-tier card. But when it hits, and it hits quite frequently, it's, it's game over for your opponent. And you're going to suffer a lot from this. Because it doesn't matter how good of a player you are. If they, on turn 6, play a 4-mana card that is a mech or a dragon, and then play a Malgum the Deep, and then discover the correct card, then... By turn seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever their you know big um, uh, their their big uh, S tier card is, you're just gonna lose. So it's a, on the bright side, it is epic, um, which means you won't see it as often, and also it does make it really awkward for your opponent because if you have this card it's so good you never want to play this as a two drop unless you just like don't have other mechs and dragons in your deck uh like you drafted this and you just couldn't manage to draft uh you know mechs and dragons like 
unlikely, but fine. They're also adding a bunch uh, more dragons into the core set. Not the best dragons, but you have like the Azure Drake that's coming back, buffed up. Primordial Drake is coming in. Um, uh, Scalebane is in. There's, there's quite a few that's being added. So you'll, you'll see some just like neutral dragons in your decks that are like pretty good, but not amazing. Um, so yeah, this is Amalgam of the Deep. Epic neutral. I, I don't know about how likely it is for this one to be banned. Uh, it potentially feels bad, but I think very low percent chance zero, that it zero gets banned. Chance. Zero percent zero chance. Zero percent chance. Very low percent, because you do have to set it up, and the win rates themselves are not going to be absurd on this card at all, because so many people will mess up what they're looking for, like which, uh, which uh, tribal tag they're looking for. They'll hold it in their hand too long, or they'll like play it too early, or they'll like, you know, it's just, there's quite, there's actually a good amount of skill in this card. So the stats won't match with how good it actually is. Alright, those are the cards. These are the top five. Some of them you'll get pretty often. For example, the Diver, that's a common. Amalgam of the Deep is an epic. And assuming that the epic bug doesn't come back, epics are much more rare than commons. Wow. Amazing. Yep. So once again, Barons has three cards, non-legendary cards, that are A tier or above. Stormwind had one card. Alteric had two cards. And now, in Sunken City, we have five cards that are A tier or above in neutral, non-legendary. So Pretty good. This is, this is a set. This is a key set. This has as many relevant top-tier cards as two of your other modern sets put together on average. This is insane. Um, now, this is why... Like, you guys hear us uh, do this every single expansion. We almost never call for banning more than one card. I can't remember the last time. But I don't know if we ever have called for banning more than one card. But that's because usually they don't, like... They, they don't publish a whole bunch of ridiculous cards all at once. Here... None of these are the most ridiculous cards that they've ever published by, by a margin. They're, none of them are S-tier cards. Uh, but they're all problematic, and they should all be banned. I think Murphs disagrees about uh, Mothership. I disagree, but, but yeah. But uh, we'll, we'll see what happens when the actual stats come in. If the stats aren't that uh, are higher than Night Captain, then yeah, it's probably fine to be in the meta. Um, but the more of these that uh, Blizzard bans, the better the game is. That's just... That's just how uh, how it is. And no, this is not like the new power level and we should just like get used to it. This is above the power level. We have not really changed our, our bands of what the power level is. And if you look at our good cards and uh, normal cards and bad cards, the scale isn't really shifting that much from Alteric overall. It's just these top end cards are, are quite a bit, uh, a, a bit more. Like you're, you're going to feel it. Um, if they don't ban these, uh, if they don't ban these cards uh, in various ways, and if you're a good player, you'll identify where the problems are coming from, and these cards are going to be uh, all, all the culprits. And even if you're not, you know, keeping a sharp eye on it, half of these are just like on their face, very annoying, and feels bad. Okay, that's all it right. for this section. That is it. Ooh, that was one hour talking about five cards. You guys think this will go twelve hours today? It's not funny. 
<laughs> we're, we're ending this. Uh, all right. Um, that's it for us uh, on the top five cards of the Voyage to the Sunken City. We'll come back after this with all the other good cards, the B-tier cards. And there's plenty of them. This is going to be a, a good set, guys, uh, in terms of uh, high power levels. Goodbye. Uh, see ya. Welcome back to Grinning Goats, uh, Light Forge Podcast, uh, Voyage to the Sunken City Arena card valuation stream. Hello, this is Murps. We, okay, okay. See, we have a lot to go, but I, I, it's going to get faster. It definitely will get uh, faster. I'm going to talk uh, less. I'm just going to talk okay. less. Okay, because okay, we, we average 20 minutes per card. And there's 135 cards. So I don't know how to do the, the math average, on that. No, it's not. It feels not, like a 24-hour stream is upcoming. No, it's not great right now. But it's it's going to get a lot faster. Okay, talk about the first card. Go. Talk, all talk, right, talk, all right. Talk so we're it. now in the zone of good cards. These are the B-tier cards. They're really good. Like, B-tier cards back in the day, were there were no B-tier cards. Like, in neutral. Like, it got up to C, and that was it back in the day. Like, Yeti was between C and D+. Plus. There were some cards that were C that was neutral. There weren't even C-plus cards. Like, I, I, I uh, went back, because we got some of the old sets coming in with, like, Old Gods and um, uh, TGT. And I was like, how are these cards? So I went back. North Sea Kraken used to dominate the meta. It's still draftable now, in case you're wondering. It's like a, a, a C, though. Corrupted Seer was a good card. It's like a C now. So that, that, those were the cards that were better than the Yeti back in the day. Now, so, so B-tier cards are quite good. But nowadays, they're kind of just like your bread and butter good cards. The line of what the average card in your deck is, is probably between C plus and B. So all these cards are cards you want to have in your deck. They are at least a little bit better than your, uh, the rest of your deck. Um, and uh, we're going to start off with the B plus. So these are the best of the B-tier cards. The first one is Slime Scale Diver. Common, 3-mana, 2-4, Dormant, for one turn, Rush, Poisonous, Murloc. Go. Alright, well you changed the rating on, on the yes. thing. So, let's compare this to a giant wasp, right? It, it's similar in some ways, because both of them are poisonous. Uh, both of them are probably going to use to deal with the board instead of going face. This thing is more resistant, right? Um, if you just look at it, you're like, wait, it's got two health. Uh, you know, it can't be killed. Um, yes, it doesn't have perma stealth, but uh, it's also got more health to make up for the fact. Mm -hmm. uh, That's a big difference. It's a huge That's difference. Double the amount of health on turn three. Wasp or turn four, I guess, is when it comes can attack. Yep, a wasp dies to quite a few things. You know, you whenever you drop a wasp, I, I think. Uh, yeah, if you guys play arena, like, I never expect, I never feel confident that's going to survive to the next turn. Like, I hope it does. I, I expect that it will sometimes, especially if I have a read on their hand. But I'd never feel comfortable with it. Uh, and is this a better wasp? Yes. Is wasp? This is a much better wasp. Yes, wasp is, isn't even the B tier card. Yeah. Is how good is wasp right now? I'm like, it's maybe Yeti level. It's around there. You know, oh, it's, I, I don't. Yeah, it's like it's better than Yeti. I, yeah, but it's, it's not much just, better than Yeti. It's right there in my eyes. You know, it's like right there. So being a better yet, like being better than Yeti, you know, 
this is we put this as a B plus. It's like this is significantly better than a wasp, and that's fine. That's absolutely mm-hmm. fine for this meta. Uh, so that's that's kind of where we're at. Once again, when we're talking about these divers, the dormant for one turn with the rush. Let's not put all of them in the same pile. Yes. You will that see. That is a big, big mm-hmm. thing. Like, and I, I see people put them all in one pile, like, so often. Like, Pelican Diver is not the Slime Scale Diver, and the Slime Scale Diver is not the Gangplank Diver. The Gangplank Diver needs to be banned. The Slime Scale Diver is fine. It's just a really good neutral card. Like, you're going to have good neutral cards. It's not even, like, it's, it's Night Captain, right? Like, Night Captain is fine. You draw the line somewhere, that's the line to draw. Slime Scale Diver is gonna be okay. Like, we will all be okay with this card, we'll learn to live with it, and it will not win that many games for anybody. Yep. So that's fine. Next card. Um, okay. Slime Scale Diver. One more thing I want to mention about Slime Scale Diver is, um, like, imagine, like, you're you're trying to use it and your opponent plays like a 3-4 which is one of the the best scenarios for a slime scale diver the next turn it pops up it rushes you kill the 3-4 you're still just left with the 2-1 body so it gets pinged off it gets like kind of ancillarily destroyed with some decently high probability um so i know some people are looking at it like oh my god it's gonna kill my three drop and my four drop and that will happen sometimes and you will lose the game but not that often like that's if you great. can't ping down that's great. a slime scale diver, this is not like you were you were not gonna win this anyway. Uh you were gonna be behind. Okay. Um okay. So next, uh this is not the only B plus card. There are two more B plus cards. One of them is legendary. We're just gonna do legendary in with these now. Um, There's no difference now. <laughs> There's still a difference, but uh, Smothering Starfish is the next B plus card. Um, we're also not going in like order of how many points they have or anything. Everything in a tier we view as pretty similarly because our math is not that like super tight because there's no algorithm doing it. It's just like an Excel spreadsheet. Um, okay, Smothering Starfish is an epic neutral. Three mana, two four beast, battle cry, silence all other minions. Uh, silence that is not giving up that many stats if you remember uh there was already a silence back in i think united and stormwind uh it was tradable it was four mana three four silence uh um, librarian librarian yep so this is like librarian only you get one extra stat for its mana cost it's a two four for three and not a, a three four for a four and you silence all the minions, including your own, which can sometimes be bad. Like, silence all minions is not that big of an improvement over silence one minion. Because it's really hard to control. Um, we've seen this before. We've had these effects before in the game of silence all minions. It is not easy to, like, make it so that it's strictly beneficial to you. And that you're silencing in a meaningful way more than one of your opponent's minions. Uh... I think the important thing about this is if you guys have used Owl recently, Owl is not the trashest card. <laughs> that's like that's what I'll say about it. And mm-hmm. uh, if Owl is not the most trash card, um, this can certainly be pretty decent. As in, it's gaining stats on Owl, like three stats. It, it, it effectively has like double the stats of uh, Iron Beak and <laughs> yeah. Owl. Uh, and 
silence is just good now. You can always sort of find a use for it, even tricky ways. Like uh, these days, I find that I'll do like a flip and then a silence, right? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just do all these weird things. Silence, I think, is something that I'm, I probably underrated for a while. I continue to underrate, and this is just decent. Uh, you do you want to play at turn three? Probably not. Like not not no, really. No, I think you could play a turn three. You could, you quite could. frequently. Because it gets there's so some many weird points, stuff now. Right. You it gets some points for being able to be played on turn three sometimes. Um, but yeah, I think silence is just really good now. Uh, and you hit that like, um, you you hit the silence value a decent amount now. It's it, it's not sort of higher for. Uh, I think a good reason, but personally, you know, just thinking of like my own evaluations, I think I just hated on silence for a little bit too long. Like there was a period of time years ago where I think I appropriately hated on silence. Mm -hmm. And then it got to a point where I was like, no, I'm hating on this too much. Like I'm losing value from hating on silence for this long. Well, there's uh, just not a lot of silence. There's just like, not like, a lot Rarian of is the only yeah. silence that's worth a damn in the arena. And it hasn't, Stormwind just hasn't been in the meta. So, you get Owl, like, ugh, Owl is still just, uh three mana for a silence. Um, Smothering Starfish, I think, is a quite often going to be your three drop. Because quite often, your opponents will play something with a death rattle or an ability that you want to stop immediately. There's like, a decent amount of Think about, like, now. Corporal, even. Like, I don't just mean Divine Shield and, de like, death rattles that generate tempo. If... Your opponent has a corporal, and you play a regular three drop. You're taking a risk that he doesn't trigger his uh, uh, his uh, honorable kill somehow. But if you play the starfish, yeah, you're not matching up the best, but you've shut down his potential like 25% chance to win the game. Yep. And uh, depending on what the rest of your deck is, it's not a terrible option. Um, and all of this kind of comes together, right, with uh, with Smothering Starfish and why it has this stat. Librarian, by the way, which we might have underrated a little bit, but it was a C plus, um, and I don't think we underrated it. I think Starfish is just that much better because it has that one extra stat, and uh, it is silencing all other minions, which uh, sometimes comes into play. But a lot of times, some uh, silencing all other minions gets comes into play with taunts, where th if they have two taunts, you can still win. I think the most important thing I learned from Librarian was um, I was wrong to trade it the like the amount of times that I traded it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that I, like from the beginning of the that meta, I think I traded Librarian a little bit too much. And I was like, mm -hmm. wait, like I, I need this now. Like I would trade it. I'm like, oh, wow. The next turn I, I could use something like that. I really need it. And I think that's what really made me rethink my stance on mm -hmm. silence right because like it forces me to think it's like oh shit i actually just traded that but now i need it uh and then made me realize how good silences are and silences i would say uh after everything turns to the next rotation are just going to be better the, the silence effect is just always better and better like you yep. said you have so many one drops and two drops and three drops now that have persistent abilities or death rattles so this even works on curve sometimes. And then, of course, you can think of, like, the big hit, right? Like the paladin or the priest that goes all in on a minion, and then you feel great, you silence it, you take away, like, a huge card and, like, eight mana's worth of stats. That feels great. But no, a lot of times it's like, you know, for example, how good is a 
three mana two four that essentially says like deal three damage right or like minus two two on something that's extraordinarily good that would even be better than this uh score that we have right here um and you'll get that a decent amount yep yep all right that's smothering starfish next up another b plus tier card uh this one is a legendary it is the first legendary that we are looking at um and it is sir finley sea guide um something about the legendaries in this set they're just kind of like i mean the neutral legendaries they're not that good uh they make up for it on the class legendaries but the neutral legendaries are really not that good there's no ivis coming in there's no uh, you know dragon queen anexia this is actually the best legendary card we'll spoil it for you right here all the other legendaries we have rated worse uh, I mean, we're going to talk about most of them because they're mostly Bs. Uh, but this is a B-plus card, and it is Sir Finley Sea Guide. One mana, one three Murloc Legendary. Battle Cry, swap your hand with the bottom of your deck. Yeah. So, okay. So, oh, go for it. Uh, you probably don't want to play this on one. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you do because your hand is crud, right? If you have this. Um, but typically, you won't want this in the mulligan. Now... It's not an amazing card as well. And I will say I considered because right now it's like an, a B plus. I was like, uh, maybe it's a B. Here's the good good thing about this card. First of all, you don't get that many dredges in your deck. So it's not like you have so many opportunities to bring uh, something up. There are a decent amount of cards that put stuff on the bottom of your deck. But you want to mm -hmm. think of this as a later game hand improvement slash refresh card uh, and for that it could be quite good as in if you some of these cards that you're putting on the bottom of your deck are so freaking game winningly good uh that sort of replacing that is very very helpful so the use of this card is really later on in the game you swap it to improve whatever the rest of your hand is that like you, you play the good cards, and then the cards that you're just like, eh, right? Like the Yetis yeah. and the whatever. You're going to improve them, and you're going to improve every single card by a decent amount. And then if you put anything at the bottom of your deck... By the way, anything that puts something at the bottom of your deck, that card is really good. On average, it's like a A-plus card or, or something like that. It, it's just insanely stupid. So that's where this comes in. Um... By the way, that is mathematically, I, I actually did the math, that is mathematically very close to the average right. of, yeah. of the card they put on the bottom of your deck. It is around an A+. It's around an A+. Anytime you're putting something on the bottom of your deck from one of these cards, it's just insanely good. Uh, so, and remember, you don't have too many ways to do that sort of effect like mm -hmm. if if you were just playing with sunken city cards yeah and you were able to draft like the neutral two drop and four drop that dredges great but i think a lot a lot of people are overestimating how many of those they'll have um and then because of that this uh, on effect, the neutral side you'll have one on average per deck yeah if you draft like based on value and whatever so a hand ne refresh ones. right a hand refresh a little bit later on and it doesn't have to be like super at the end of like it doesn't have to be like a turn 11 kind of thing um you can do it like if if ever your hand gets to be not great not satisfactory mm -hmm. you don't think you're winning with this hand 
do this. Even if you didn't insert something at the bottom of your deck, uh, suddenly, on average, your hand has gotten a ton better, right? Like, because your, your hand was probably just not helpful before, now it's a lot better. And then, if you put anything at the bottom of your deck, uh, you probably just have a game-winning card in your hand now. So that's where the value of this is from. It is awkward. It yeah. is not a consistent card. But the sort of pop-off potential with this is insanely high as well. Yeah, um, I, I think the key here is uh, you, you're going to have crap cards. And when you have crap cards, what you generally do, like if you have a 3-mana three 3-3, three, three, you generally don't play them. Like, unless you have to, right? Unless you just have three mana that you need to fill out. Unless you have no three drop. You just stay in your hand, even if they're not super high mana. Um, and at some point, you play Sir Finley, and you upgrade them into normal cards in your hand. This is also a great way to upgrade stuff. Remember, like, Ram Commander is uh, is going to be in the whatever stuff, the blacksmith thing that gives you, like, plus two health uh, stuff. Just any kind of tokens that end up in your hand. Um, there, there's going to be these uh, these piranha tokens that come. That's a big shaman mechanic now. Uh, all those tokens, all of it, just become real cards when you do the swap too. There are so many like synergy things that you don't even think of that you can do with this card. But even without the synergy things, the deck refresh is huge. Hey, do you really need to deal four damage for? I don't know what reason you can need to deal four damage, um, and you don't have initiative. Sir Finley's just one mana, and you may get your initiative, and then you've solved your problem, and you've gone from definitely losing the game to, oh, you know, maybe 50-50? Like, these are huge swings. Sir Finley will do all that. Um, not, you know, at a 100% rate, but it'll give you a good chance for it. Uh, it's actually a very powerful ability. Yeah, the ability <laughs> is really powerful. Now, you, I think a lot of you guys have heard us being like oh something that can't be played especially a, a turn one card it's like uh that's not good you got to take away points for that and yeah i, I totally totally agree with you it, like that philosophy is not lost on us this is not something you want to really keep or play on one but man the effect is so good like so yeah. so freaking good and you, 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 by the way, what Murphs keeps saying you can't play it on one. You usually don't. You play it usually, on one. yeah. You can play it on one if, for example, you have the generally defensive deck and you want the coin to turn into a card because you don't have card advantage, or if you have no curve cards in your hand, like play it, get a two drop, right? Like there's positive times to play this card on one. Yeah. Uh, so remember, we're in a meta that is increasingly. Uh, you just got to make sure you don't lose. This is Sir Finley mm. is a great don't lose card. Don't lose cards are extraordinarily valuable. Uh, look, look at how valuable something like uh, Ram Commander or a Bunker Sergeant are, and those are like just good ex examples of don't lose cards, right? Uh, and Sir Finley is much much better than those. Um, and then plus the opportunity to not only not lose by drawing a removal. Um, it's you chasing the win as well because you might have put something game-winning on the bottom of your deck. It's very important that you're drawing from the bottom of your deck, right? That's just better because you can manipulate mm -hmm. the bottom of your deck and then the top of your deck is like, uh, who knows what's there? And then you, you draw the rest of it as well. So um, pretty good. Like it's it's yeah. one of the few like one mana cards like that that's actually a drop and can act as a drop that uh you don't really want to play on one but still has a lot of value and it's just because the effect is 
really, really nice. Mm -hmm. All right. That's all of our B pluses. Now we're down to Bs. These are your normal good cards, better than the average card in your deck, uh, but not by that much. This is, this is your good card category, the body of it. Uh, and the first one here is Click Clocker. One mana, one, one mech. Common, neutral, divine shield, battle cry. Give a random mech in your hand, plus one, plus one. So, Arjun Squire and uh, your, your little Murlocs and all the, the one ones that generate another one one on Death Rattles or one one Divine Shields, it got power creeped here. Uh, this one's not only a mech, which we've seen before that there's a tag, but also has a ability that is just a strict positive. You don't need, it can work on turn one when you play it. Give a random mech in your hand, plus one, plus one. There's some mechs in the meta. This is, this is not a no-mech meta, uh, and this set especially has added a bunch of uh, mechs into it. And some of the mechs are decent and will make it into your decks. So I, I think this will trigger more often than, than people may think. Yeah, it's quite good. Uh, I think solid B-tier card. Yep. And right. even if it doesn't trigger, remember, it's still an Argent Squire. And Argent Squires have gotten better and better almost every single expansion. Argent Squires significantly better than a yeti now it's yeah. like yeah significantly it used so. to be worse it used to be significantly worse than a yeti yep uh like five years ago and now it's significantly better next up pelican diver another one mana card that is b tier so i know we we're talking about like oh pelican diver is not um the what is that slime scale diver is not gangplank diver but pelican diver is still good it's just not close to being problematic, right? It's just a normal good card. One mana, delay damage, and the damage is four instead of, like, let's say Holy Smites three, which is a very good card, or, like, Arcane Shots two, um, or uh, not even Arcane Shot, uh, the more... What's the what's the one mana two one neutral rush? What? I, I forget. The core card, one mana two one neutral rush? Oh, Sky it, Talon, thank Sky, you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's a, that's quite an improvement on uh, on on Sky Talon for uh, a one one turn delay. Now, here's what Blizzard did: they looked at Gangplank Diver and said, "We're just going to make the other two divers counter Gangplank Diver." That's because both of these are actually counters to Gangplank Diver. If you play, if they play Gangplank Diver first, you play either of the other divers, which are cheaper, by the way. They are cheaper. You play either of those, uh, you can kill the Gangplank Diver. There you go. Problem solved. Just keep Pelican Diver and Slime Scale Diver in your hand. Wait for them to play the Gangplank and then play this. What ban? Huh? There you go. It's solved. Uh, but yeah, this is fine. Uh, the fact that it only has stealth for a turn kind of hurts. But mm -hmm. uh, what, like you know, once again what are they going to do right and if they do kill off you know your one mana card fine that happens your worgen dies a good amount of times to you know like nothing really uh and i think you're okay with it this is certainly better than than that <clears throat> solid b card mm-hmm uh, next up is Vicious Slither Spear, another one mana card. This one's rare. You see a lot of good one drops coming in uh, with this set. Uh, you're going to see the same on the class card section. A lot of one mana cards in this set. 
this one is a one mana one three naga. Uh, after you cast a spell, gain plus one attack until your next turn. So it's like an old unnerfed mana worm, but it's not permanent. But it's not just for this turn. It's until your next turn. So the, 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 you still get the extra attack on your opponent's turn if this thing's not dead yet. Yeah, it's not bad. Once again, very solid. The tag is worth something. The effect is worth something. Nice B-rated card. Mm-hmm. And just like uh, just like Arjun Squires, 1-3s are just getting better and better. Yep. All right. Next one is Crush Claw Enforcer. Crush Claw Enforcer is another rare card. Neutral, 3 mana, 3, 4 Naga. Battle Cry. If you cast a spell while holding this, draw a Naga. This is the first of our Naga Synergy cards. It's pretty good. Look, Coin obviously works with this. Uh, other spells work with it. But drawing a naga which you probably will have another one in the deck i'm not gonna say if it's like gonna be amazing like school teacher but that's just nice uh that's a nice bonus it's not too hard to trigger this now will you play it sometimes on turn three without it sure uh but yeah like uh, remember normally a three mana three four is like a d plus so we're we have like more than a tier's worth of improvement. And I think that's fair for a fairly easy trigger on a pretty good uh, reward. Yep. This is, uh, I think, a very well-designed card for this kind of synergy. And this is what I mean. Like, these are normally cards that you wouldn't think about too much as Arena. It would just be like a 3-mana three 3-4 three, that like doesn't do much. And, you know, once every like 10 games it'll do something. And you're like, haha, I got an extra card. This is going to trigger quite frequently. Um, and this whole Naga mechanic is going to function in Arena. Uh, I don't know what it's doing constructed, but it's going to at least exist in Arena, and you have to think about it. Next. Next up is Baba Naga. Baba Naga is a common. It is a 4-mana 4-4 Naga. It is one of the first uh, Naga cards that we've seen. Uh, back when the reveals happened and it's battle cry is if you've cast a spell while holding this deal three damage so if you cast a spell at some point including using the coin uh, with, with all this is in your hand it is four mana four four deal three damage here's the thing about this card uh, you are giving up a stat now you have the naga tag and everything but four mana four four is just not a great stat line at least for uh, the previous card that we reviewed, and remember, we review them the same, um, you're getting the stats that you should get. 3 mana for a 3-4. Here it's 4 mana for a 4-4. Four, four. I don't know how many spells you guys are expecting to get. Some classes definitely have more than others. Remember, this is just kind of an average score. It's like a B. Uh, this card can definitely get pretty awkward. Now, if it's always... A four mana four four deal three. That's amazing, right? Like, but uh, think of it this way, because um, I, I I see some people being like, oh, I think it should be higher. Night Captain is a B plus. Mm -hmm. Do you, like? Do you think this is better than uh, than a Night Captain? I don't think so. No I, way. I, I definitely don't think so. No way. Um, 
Yeah, and also even with the coin, you got to think like if you're coining out a two drop or a three drop, it's like a good amount of chance. Even if you get the Baba Naga by four, you don't have it yet when you use the coin. And you're not going to hold the coins just in case you draw a Baba Naga, even if it's in your deck. So the fact that this can't stand alone as a four drop really hurts it. And this is the same thing with Night Captain for that matter. I think a lot of people just don't appreciate the fact that some of these cards, even though you can play it on curve quite a decent amount of times, you can't play on curve anywhere near all the time. And that really hurts it. Like that's one of the big reasons why uh, Night Captain is not a 6-6 that deals three damage. Yep. It has all that honorable kill, blah, 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 blah stuff because that's what makes it balanced. And um, so yeah. Remember, guys, uh, a B rating. So I think some people forget this as well. Once again, people who are really into uh, the number 9.4, those sort of people want to put everything that includes Night Captain and above into like one bucket, as in everything is like a five, for example. We definitely try to differentiate, like, the actual game-breaking cards, right? Like, mm -hmm. Raid Boss and Nixia. How far... How much better is Raid Boss and Nixia than a Night Captain? <laughs> much better. <laughs> like... More, more than one tier better. better. More than one tier better. Uh, you know, how much better is even, like... Arbor up, right, over something um, like a Night Captain. I, I understand it depends on the meta. But, like, yeah, I think if you look at something like Arbor up, you're like, yeah, that that is a lot better, right? That just is a lot, lot better. Um, and it's important. So, remember, uh, your average card in your deck is going to be worse than Baba Naga. I don't know if that helps you guys or not, but your average for the deck will not be a B. Um, no pun intended. Yeah, also, just I mean, this is just a very good neutral set compared to the previous sets that have come out. So I think people may also think like, oh, you had a top five. Those are the good cards. These are like the whatever cards, And but I think this card is good. There were six non-legendary cards we put in the B category for Alteric. There's nine here in non-legendaries right. so it's just a better set like in alteric there was like one s and one a i think uh in sunken city as you've seen there's four there's sorry there's five a's like it's just there's just more of these good cards that are coming out um and it doesn't make these cards any worse it's just there's a bunch of cards that need to be banned <laughs> or they're like pushing the envelope if they don't get banned they're pushing the envelope for what neutrals can do Yep. So once again, like, I, I hate to keep reminding people of this scale. Because, like, I think more people do that scale, right? They're like, oh, this is broken. That's broken. Every I think we like to differentiate between the stuff that is actually broken versus not broken. So, like, I think United and Stormwind was a good example. Um, you know, we were talking about how, like, that wasn't amazing, right? I think a lot of people would agree with that. Mm -hmm. United and Stormwind, zero S cards in neutral. Uh, I'm not going to talk about legendaries. One mm -hmm. A card, that's Battleground mm -hmm. Battlemaster, and then one B plus card, the Traveling Merchant. That's it. So once again, we're talking about that sort of a scale. Now, yeah. if you're saying that, like, I fundamentally disagree with your scale in some like way okay that's fine but if we are to use the scale 
you guys got to understand sort of like where it stands. So I see a lot of comments that are just like, oh man, Night Captain is way higher than a B plus. That then what does that mean? Where what does that mean? The, the, where so then where are you putting something like Arbor up? Where are you putting something like mm. Caverns? Right? You're like, oh, Night Captain is S tier. Okay, we have to understand that there are cars much better than Night Captain, right? Like that they're they're just all Night Captain is not as good as Mothership. Yeah, I think Mothership is uh is like a better now. Like, do I think they're that different? No, I don't. I, I think mean, Mothership yeah, is a, a little bit better. I think Mothership it's a is B a little plus bit better. card versus an A. It's right, not like a right. huge difference, but it's it's there. All right. And if you want to argue, yeah. If and if you want to argue they're about the same, yeah. The score, like it's a B plus versus an A, right? So you're actually not that far. Do I think that uh, Mothership is better? Yeah, I do. This is why like we have the score that we do. Um, but once again, another reminder because I see a lot of people being like B plus is way too low, and it's like no, well B plus is just really good already. And if you well, say I mean, Babanaga's a B, by the way, huh? Yeah, yeah. Like, but I'm saying a B still is quite good, right? Like a yeah. B is quite good. I think a lot of people look at a B, and maybe everybody has Asian parents or something, and then a B essentially equals an F. Um, but I think also people just have this uh, habit of wanting to put everything as like, oh, this is mm. like S tier, right? Like, but that means Blizzard's doing its job, right? Blizzard sure. should make you feel like all the cards in your deck are better than average because that feels better than if actually half the cards in your deck are better than average and half are below average. Right. We're just putting the so reality this is, in this here. is the thing. It's like, uh, then on your, you know, for like those sorts of people on your scale, I don't know, do you have like a quadruple S? Do you, do you have mm -hmm. like a quadruple s plus we oh. don't have we, we have s and then s plus um yeah and for the first time we're gonna have cards that are actually above s plus like that if there was a let's say xs tier it would be xs tier rather than s plus yep we just refuse to go there because it doesn't matter at that point so anyways this is another thing, because uh, I understand people here. It's like, oh, Night Captain is a B plus, and they're like, oh, it's way better. When you say better, better is relative, right? If you're just saying Night Captain is very good, yeah, I agree with you. That's why it's a B plus. <laughs> that you know, B plus is where a lot of really good cards reside, and then there are cards that are better, right? Like Scorpid, for example, is better. Okay, so moving on, we are going to our next B tier card, which is Excavation Specialist. It is a uh, neutral common, 4 mana, 3, 6, Battle Cry, Dredge. Reduce its cost by 1. So, Dredge is the mechanic where you take a look at the three cards at the bottom of your deck. And you take one of them and you put it on the top of your deck. That's what Dredge is. It is Scry from MTG, but from the bottom instead of from the top. You don't draw the card at the end of it. You just put it up there. This There are synergies to this. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in this set that puts really, really ridiculously good cards at the bottom of your deck. So then you dredge it up and then you get like a super premium card, right? Rather than what we had before, which is you just shuffle it into your deck. And then you don't know when you're getting it. Here for Dredge... Uh, for, for things that are meant to synergize with dreads, you know you're never getting to that card unless you dredge it up. But even if you don't have that synergy in your deck or, you know, having put anything down there, uh, dredge also just functions as a scry. 
from for the MTG folks and or tracking right, uh, but without the discarding part. And so it is a very powerful uh, ability. And this is uh, a card that does not give any stats up. Three six, pretty much a yeti, and it has a bonus dredge, and that dredge has its cost reduced by one mana. Now. You can't use that at this turn, because remember, Dredge does not actually draw the card. This is not a super ridiculous uh, card, Exclamation Specialist. It just puts the card on top of your deck, and it has that one mana discount that you can use on the next turn. It's good. Look, uh, you get the stats that you get. So, alright, look, you get Yeti stats, right? Uh, a Yeti is low C slash D plus tier now. It's D plus tier. Yeah. But yes, it's right, right on the line. So you're getting a good, like, two tiers from this. So mm-hmm. if, you, if you guys are curious where, where, like, how much better is this than Yeti? Like, two tiers better. Now, I think people also overrate exactly how many good cards they're putting at the bottom of their deck. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, you're not just playing with Sunken City. Now, even if you don't have that, is it good? Yeah, you reduce the cost by one. Like, it's, it's nice. It's cool. You're not putting that many OP cards in the bottom of your deck. You just aren't. All right, get that out of your head. Every All of you guys are in fantasy land thinking like, oh man, I'm going to put all the colossal minions on the bottom of my deck. All of them. Literally all of them. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry, guys. So, once again, it's relative. Uh, Yeti is two tiers below this. Like, two entire tiers not, below not two this. two entire tiers. One and a half tiers. Almost two entire tiers below okay. this. I think that's appropriate for this one. Yeah, uh, Excavation Specialist is really good. Um, and the, uh, the other dredge card is, is really good as well. There's just not a lot of dredge cards outside of class cards, and only certain classes dredge. But the overall mechanic of dredging is very useful, just normally in gameplay. And that synergy is game winning. And I think the synergy is going to trigger more often than people think because it's any time that you stick a card in the bottom of your deck, that card's not moving. Mm-hmm. It could be like six turns later if at that point you draw the a dredge card and you dredge it up. You're like, all right, I'm winning the turn after that when I finally draw that card and can like play it out because the stuff you put on the bottom of your deck is insane. They're all A plus and you know more cards. So this card, like, is is not going to do. It's it's not a B tier card by itself. Um, I mean, it comes really close to it, but if you actually put something to dredge in there, and if any part of your deck has that ability, there's some decent chance that you'll play it before the dredge card, you're going to get it, and that'll be your win condition. Another good way to think about these cards is, uh, for some reason, when people look at this dredge, and also the two-drop dredge, they tend to assign, like... They tend to reward these dredge cars and be like, oh, this is where I'm getting the value at. So what happens there? Because when I see those same people rate the cards that are putting the stuff on the bottom, they're they're like, oh, this is amazing. (laughs) And then they look at this like, oh, that's amazing. I'm like, no, no, no. For the amazingness, first of all, you have to subtract it because you you have to have these two steps. So you actually have to subtract it. And then you have to divide that somewhat. But I see what people do is like, it is 10 mega units of amazing. And then I'm going to assign that 10 mega units of amazing to both the dredge card and the card that puts the thing on the bottom of their deck. And it's just amazing. Everything's amazing. Whereas if you actually want to score it, that 10 amazing units 
uh, you have to divide, like, cut a portion, tax a portion of that out because you need both of these cards effectively. Mm -hmm. And then let's say it goes from 10 to like eight or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you assign four and four to each card. It's something like that. You don't have to assign them equally. Uh, but like, you, you have to do something like that. So it actually goes from 10 on each card to just four on each card. So it goes from a total of 20 to eight. Eight being the correct number between the two cards. Yes. Um, it's, it's it's true. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe people think this card's amazing. It's not going to be super amazing. It's going to be a good card, though. You're right. going to draft it more often than not. There's not a lot of... Um, like, B is a good card in your deck, right? Yeah. It's better than your average card. And, of course, Dredge is worth more than putting something at the bottom. Like, if we were to assign, it wouldn't be 4 and 4. Oh, like, yeah. Because you yeah, drawing yeah. something, even if you draw well, something but shitty... You're you talking about something. that part of Dredge, not the yeah, entire yeah. mechanic. Because right. most of the value of Dredge is not from the combo. Most of the value of Dredge is just from the tracking effect. Yeah. So, it's fine. It's good. I, I think this is fair. I think some people uh, will look at it and be like, oh, B is too high. And some people will be like, B is too low. I don't know. All right, next one. This is our last uh, non-legendary card in the B category. It is Selfish Shellfish. Four mana, seven, seven. Not a five mana, eight, eight, but a four mana, seven, seven beast. Uh, Death Rattle. Your opponent draws two cards. How is this um, a beast? I, I mean, Shellfish. They're fish. They're, they're living things. There's no shellfish tag so so they're a beast i guess um beasts aren't all mammals you know they could be birds they could be fish they could be whatever this is uh it looks super evil by the way um so okay when this card first came out there were immediately people who were like adwicta this card's ridiculous like this is this is the, the card needs to be banned and i'm like okay so you are living in the world of five years ago uh when having i don't know at how much more tempo stats is this? Five more tempo stats than a Yeti. Which is a lot, because a Yeti only has nine stats altogether. Like, was game-winning. Like, half the time, if not more. These days, it's not game-winning. Like, more than 5% of the time. It just helps a little. Uh, and the downside of giving your opponent two cards, that still matters. And that's definitely going to trigger. This card is going to die at some point, especially if you play it on curve. Uh, and uh, so it's a B. It's still a good card. You're not going to get a 4-mana 7-7 seven, seven tempo when the Death Rattle only gives your opponent card advantage without it being a good card. But this is not a game-winning card. It's like Bitter Tide Hydra these days is barely like draftable um, because uh, it just oh, kills you. <laughs> yeah, Bitter Tide Hydra sucks <laughs> yeah. today. Now, yeah. this is not Bitter Tide Hydra. It's funny because yeah. I actually see this comment. It's like, oh, this is Bitter Tide Hydra all over again. No, no, no. no, no. Bitter it Tide is Hydra much has better actual than negative Hydra. effects. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. This is a B. Bitter Tide Hydra these days is like a. It's like a F plus. I don't know. D. I, it, it, Bitter Tide Hydra's downside is way too bad these days. Yeah. Health has become so much more important. Uh, also, there's just too many ways to ping Bitter Tide. Like a uh, Bitter Tide mm -hmm. is one that it's it's like a never draft right now, right? It's actually yep. a never draft. This is interesting because if you just look at chat right now, for example. There's people on both sides being like way too high, way too low. Uh, and I like where this, this is, where is at. Is. The important thing about this is that um, don't think of the worst case scenario. Uh, don't think of the best case scenario. 
But if you drop this on four, he, it, here's also the thing. This gets much worse late, later on in the game. Because later, later on in the game, yeah. the expectations for what you can do with like eight, nine, ten mana are quite high. So a four mana seven, seven isn't even that great nowadays. But on turn four, the game is still fairly limited. Mm -hmm. You drop this on turn four, you will win with this card a good amount if you drop it on turn four. Later on, this can really become a liability. Like, th this can become a liability. Now, the drawback uh you know your opponent drawing two cards it's not as bad as it used to be as well because drawing cards is very available um mm -hmm. card generation card draw isn't like uh the the premium it once was so that's something good about it but i think this is exactly where it is it'll win you the game sometimes other times it'll be very awkward or perhaps even not lose you the game but certainly not help you right it'll just be a bad-ish card just like how if you get corporal and you're not in a great position it's a really bad card right uh um, it's a it's a croc it's a croc which is really really bad like uh at least this will way, give you some stats croc, as well. croc is gonna rotate out of uh oh sorry four, as well as spider tank but yeti has stayed yeah yeah, yeah the persistent yeti Mm -hmm. uh, Yeti will never move. So yeah, th this card will absolutely win you some games, um, but not consistently, like at yeah. all. The, the thing so, is, this, this card is very inconsistent, and part of it comes from the fact that you won't play this on turn four a decent amount of times, and if you don't, mm -hmm. oh man, this now we're getting really, really shaky. Yep. Um, so uh, I, I see a comment in chat from Hellbait, uh, which is a really good comment. It just play this thing on four going first. This hunter can be game winning, and it speaks to the larger picture of you want this card in specific types of decks. You want this card in decks where you are expecting to just have less cards than your opponent anyway. So you're never getting to the point where these cards are actual card advantage. You're just giving your opponent two more options. Right, which is still bad, obviously it's a downside, but it's not as bad as if you're actually fighting for card advantage at the end, like for size of deck uh, at the end of the game. So you want this in fast, aggressive decks. You want this to be hitting face as much as possible if it survives the first turn. Like, you know, not necessarily Hunter, but Hunter would be like one of the best examples. Yeah, and plus, unless they're sort of cheesing some removal or just, just you know, getting super value some way, a lot of times, you know, this is going to at least two for one right mm -hmm. at least so really what are you giving up you're, you're not really giving up that much um solid b card all right so that's it for all the b cards of uh, non-legendaries we're going to end this uh segment with three legendary cards that are all b tier we talked about sir finley earlier on now we're going to talk about ambassador phelan if I can find Ambassador Phelan. There we go. Ambassador Phelan is four mana, four five. So he's a Yeti. Put three Colossal Minions on the bottom of your deck. Um, so Colossal Minions, uh, we haven't seen them yet because they're all class minions. Every single class has one Colossal Minion. The worst of them is an A. The best of them are above S+. As in... If we actually limited S plus as the top, like, and, and we had another tier above that, it would be that other tier. So there has never been a card that's above uh, uh, S plus, by the way. Even uh, for something like Raid Boss and Exia, that was just in, like an actual S plus card. It's not like a SX 
card or whatever. Um, it's just S plus is the proper range for it. Some of these cards go to a tier that we don't even have and we're not interested in making, so we just call them S plus. Uh, and basically at S plus, you've seen uh, Anixia come out. Um, you just win the game. Like, if you don't immediately lose the game the very next turn from some, like, damage that goes to your face, you just win the game. And that is what those cards are. So putting three Colossal Minis on the bottom of your deck ensures that you will get one of those cards. Because you're going to, if you ever dredge them up, because you'll get three choices of three different Colossal Minions. And you'll just pick the ridiculously good one, not the one that's only an A tier. Uh, the downside is you do have to actually get a dredge card and play it after this. Otherwise, it's a Yeti. Right. So if you think of how this like works in the rating system, this is a Yeti, right? Uh, and then Ambassador Phelan is about a tier and a half, almost two tiers higher than the vanilla card. Uh, the other card, like the um, what was it, the the excavation specialist, yep. that is also about a tier and a half, almost two tiers above. And then you look at the fact that uh, you have to have these two together, right? Like you have to put it on the bottom, and then you have to dredge it back up. So then you have two cards which we've basically signed. It's like okay, th these are like. Uh, you know, put them together, and th this isn't exactly the way to do it, but if you sort of put them together, you're getting, you know, you need to basically get something approximately three to four tiers better than, you know, just like an average card, and yeah, that that's kind of what you're getting. Like, that's how good these cards are. If you're drawing a colossal minion from the bottom of your deck, uh, as in, okay, you play Ambassador Phelan, you don't die. You play the Excavation Specialist. Once again, you don't die. You're able to play the Colossal Minion. Once again, you don't die. You win. There's Boom. one Colossal Minion that prevents you from dying, when a couple of other ones also have uh, taunts. Yeah. So it's, it's a little easier to not die after you play the Colossal Minion. <laughs> so, I, like, I certainly didn't calculate it out like that but that is one way in which if you just sort of do the math it also works out so i think some people will look at this and be like this is ridiculous this is amazing it should be higher than a b these are combos these are these are combos you got to dredge it we're not just playing with sunken city here like i think this is more than fair for something like this but we also do recognize colossal minions especially if you put three of them uh, it's it's stupidly good. Yes. Like, like for for this, you also have to think, because on average you have one dredge card in your deck that is neutral. So if you're one of those neutral classes without the extra class dredge cards, um, what if you draw one of those dredge cards and you have Ambassador Phelan in your deck? What do you do? Do you not play the dredge card and just hope you draw the Ambassador Phelan at some point so that you can win the game? Or do you play it because you need a curve card or just a card that does something you're in kind of a tough spot um and that's the problem with ambassador failing it it doesn't do stuff it's just one part of a combo the rid absolute ridiculousness of hitting the combo is what makes it have like a tier and a half more value than a yeti but if you don't naturally just hit the combo which will happen you know less than half the time um i don't know like, are you really going out of your way for it? It probably involves some judgment on how good the rest of your deck is and how good your opponent's doing and all this other stuff. But it's a lot of thinking. 
Like, these are not no-thing cards. Or, I mean, Phelan itself is a no-thing card. You just play it. But the dredge, like, Phelan makes your dredge cards even harder to, to think about. Like, Arena is getting more thinky with, uh, with this set. Even for these, like, combo mechanics. All right. It's thinky, but it's kind of like short-stack poker, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's thinky. In, it, this isn't like... Uh, yeah, this isn't sort of like small stakes pot limit poker uh, or just like limit poker, limit right? Limit poker. Yeah, mm-hmm. this isn't limit poker. This is like short stack. Is there a strategy? Yes, v- very much so. Like short stack poker is very, very skillful, but it, it's it's different. It's different. All right. Next up, another B-tier legendary, Blademaster Okani. Blademaster Okani is a 4-mana 2-6, Battlecry. Secretly choose to counter the next minion or spell your opponent plays while this is alive. Yeah. So if your opponent plays this out, you can kill it, and then it won't counter anything. But if you can't kill it, and you gotta play something... You gotta choose whether it's a spell or a minion, and if you choose wrong, it's gonna get countered, and this gets a lot of value. Uh, but if you you know choose correctly, then it's four mana two six. Yeah, the fact that it has to survive um, is not great, uh, but it's fine. Like I think B is fair. You're gonna have some games in which this thing is amazing. Um, you're gonna have some games in which it's not so amazing. So. If you just compare it with like all of the A tier and S tier cards, I think you'll see kind of the difference between um, the consistency and then the uh, the player round ability of those cards versus this card. Like just compare this to uh, Gangpike. This is sometimes a two for one. Sometimes. Gangplank. Gangplank. Whereas a gangplank is always a two for one, and sometimes a three or four or five or six for one. Right? That's an A plus card. This is an S card. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yes. If it if it was just a battle cry and it didn't have to live, it would, it would be great. It would be so freaking good, actually. But yeah, this this thing has to stay alive. It really cuts into it. Okay, finally, uh, last card is Queen Azshahara, uh, which is a 5-mana five 5-5 five, five Naga uh, battle cry. If you've cast three spells while holding this, choose an Ancient Relic. And the Ancient Relics are all really, really good. Um, the one you're going to pick is the Horn of the Ancients, which is three mana. Add a random Colossal Minion to your hand. It costs one mana. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to read the rest of them because you're going to pick the, 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 the Horn of the Ancients. Yeah. Uh, you're definitely going to pick that one. You, you never pick the other. You, you never, <laughs> ever pick the other ones, basically. Yeah. But this isn't easy because... You have to cast three spells while holding Queen Ashara. That's really hard, man. But if you have a choice, yeah, you like never play. Like if you're at two spells, you don't play this. You wait for the other spell and you do that so you can get the Colossus. It's just not consistent. But at the end of the day, is a five minute five five terrible? No, it's not terrible. 
And then if you're able to proc it, well, congrats, you just got like a four mana S tier card. Mm hmm. Like, uh, compare this to Ambassador Phelan, right? Ambassador yeah. Phelan just requires one dredge card to be played at whatever later time, and then you get it. Whereas uh, Queen Ashara requires you to play three spells when you have it. Now, you have many more spells in your deck than you have dredge cards. So that balances out a bit. Also, the coin is a spell if you happen to have it um, at the beginning. When, uh, when you're using the coin, or you just don't use your coin for a while. Um, you also generate a lot of cards that are potentially spells, and you almost never generate dredge cards. Uh, so there is a little bit of a balancing. But... Uh, Phelan is a Yeti, full-on correct amount of stats. Queen Ashara is missing a stat. And the difference uh, is that when you dredge up a, uh, a Colossus, it is delayed one turn, and it still costs the full mana, whereas this one it becomes a four-mana It's a four-mana Colossus. Colossus. You can literally play it on the turn. Yeah. Uh, we're getting to a point now where average scores for cards are really hard. Like, you know, it, it started with something, for example, like Glaciate, in which it's like, oh, like, how much is it brought up by the uh, lieutenant? It's brought up a lot by the lieutenant, right? Like, something like Glaciate, if you hit the lieutenant, it's amazing. And then that, that huge outlier with a score that high, you know, shoots it up. For Queen Ashara... How often are you going to proc this really low? Like, you have to have this in your hand, and then you have to cast the spells. Sometimes it'll happen. Some classes have a higher chance than others. But how much is it brought up by the fact that if it does proc, uh, you win the game with a super cheap colossal minion a lot? Like, a lot, a lot. Because a 5-mana 5-5 five five is not worth a lot. Yeah, it's a Naga tag. Is it worth that much? No, Naga tags aren't worth too much. But there, there's this outside chance, right? There's this outside chance that you get to proc it. Or, uh, in all of your cases, there is a guarantee that your opponent procs it. And then you are going to be pissed as hell. You're going to be so angry. Because once they satisfy this condition, it goes from a, what, like a D plus tier card? Or is it like a D? I don't know. To uh, just an absolute broken S plus tier card. Yep. All right. Well, that's Queen uh, Ashara, and that's all of our B-tier cards. We're moving on to the C-tier after this. That's all the stuff that's worse than a Yeti. Um, before we leave, I want to give a shout-out again to our patrons at patreon.com slash grinninggoat. Thank you guys so much for all of your support over the years. Uh, RV Night Train, Eric L, uh, Yin, REG, Dan F, and Karova. Thank you guys so much. We will see you back here for the uh, less than average cards in your deck, but still, you know, 15 cards are like that, so they're still very useful, and you'll have them in your deck. Bye. So, until then, see you guys. <laughs> Enjoying the Light Forge? 
For the full rundown on Hearthstone Arena draft strategy, card review, and arena gameplay, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, or twitch.tv at ADWCTA. Support the podcast by sharing us with your friends and family, or become a patron at patreon.com slash grinning goat. Thank you for tuning in, and see you next week.